Today's Survivor Podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create a professional website, blog, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase on new accounts, go to squarespace.com and use offer code RHAP10. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast, and now here's a man who spends his free time donating podcasts to the unfortunate, Rob Sesternino. Hello everybody and welcome back to another week of Rob Has a Podcast, and we are back ready to talk about episode number six. Of Survivor Blood versus Water, and we have got a very fun show today. We've got two really great guests that I've had on before and have had a lot of fun talking with. First off, we are going to reconnect with someone from Survivor Token Chains, and that would be Erin Lobdell, who is making her first appearance back on Rob as a Podcast uh, since Survivor South Pacific. And uh, I feel bad that we lost contact with her along the way. And so we're going to chat with her. And then we are going to have another great guest here on Rob as a Podcast. We're going to speak with Matt Hoffman, one of my other favorite guests. And we'll talk to him about his time with Hayden Moss on Big Brother 12. So very, very fun show. Should be a uh, lengthy conversation with both parties. And I hope you guys are buckled up for a very long Survivor podcast here. And, uh, you know, I would like to know if the podcasts are too long. You know, I haven't talked about this in a while, but if you think that the podcasts are a good length or, you know, let me, I'd love to know a little bit more about what your habits of ingestion are with this podcast. If you want to let me know either in the comments or on Twitter over the next couple of days, whether you listen to the whole thing or maybe the first half hour or whatever, or you spend it sort of over the course of a weekend, uh, I, I am interested to know a little bit about how you guys uh, absorb these things. So, Let's talk about last night's episode of Survivor a little bit. Uh, We had our big Survivor know-it-alls with Stephen Fishback. And, of course, every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern, Stephen and I are recapping what just happened. So had a very fun discussion with Stephen. We talked about everything that happened uh, with the decision to vote out Kat instead of Vetus and why both of us thought that was a good move for Tina and company on last night. And then this morning, I spoke with Mr. Brad Culpepper, and we had a very nice talk. And you can hear both of those shows on robhasawebsite.com. And of course, if you never want to miss an episode of Rob Has a Podcast, you can subscribe to the iTunes feed of Rob Has a Website, or you can subscribe uh, on other ways. We're also available on SoundCloud, on, on the Downcast, and of course on the Stitcher. But if you want to go directly to our show on iTunes, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash iTunes, or for the survivor-only feed, which is only available on iTunes, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash survivorpodcast. And of course, we always appreciate it when you leave us your comments and five-star ratings if you think we deserve it on iTunes. So since we've got so much to get to here today, let's jump right into this. All right, everybody, we've got a real treat for you guys today. Uh, We have on the line with me 
someone who is making their return to Rob as a podcast after almost two years uh, and is having a one hell of a week. Uh, not only is it their third appearance on Rob as a podcast, uh, they also had a birthday and got engaged uh, and they played with Tyson on Survivor Token Chains. Uh, here's Aaron Lobdell. Aaron, how are you? Uh -huh. Yes. I'm good. How are you? Doing doing very good. Uh, long time no speak. No kidding. It's been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it definitely, it definitely has. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of requests that please get Aaron Lawdell back on the podcast. Uh, you were a uh, a fantastic guest in the past, and I hope that uh, no pressure that you could live up to the billing once again. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. I appreciate that. Now, just uh, a little bit of a heads up for you guys who uh, watch the video version of these interviews. I'm recording video, but we have some technical difficulties that Erin uh, is unable to uh, get her video working. So uh, if for some reason you still want to see a video of this, there's video of this, but it's just of me uh, with Aaron, with Erin's audio. So if you want to check that out, uh, and I'm not sure why you'd want to, but it's there if you, if you need to. All right. So that being said, Erin, uh, first off, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm super excited. Yes. So, uh, you know, I, I, later on, we're going to want to hear about this. We're going to hear this. Is it a good, do you have a good story? It is, it's a good story. Okay, good. All right. So we'll tease yeah. that a little bit. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, the last time we had you on the podcast, <laughs> it was another one of your token sheens buddies back on the show uh, during Survivor South Pacific when Coach came back. And now here's Tyson. You know, I must have had a good season because they sure bring people back. <laughs> yeah. Well, they keep bringing the same people back. They brought back JT well, twice, <laughs> three times for Coach, three times for Tyson. Yeah, this is true. This I, is true. Coach has only been on three times. I feel like he's been on like 14 times since we were there. Coach? No. Yeah, yeah, 14, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, when I did the exit interview with Candace last week, she swore that he was on four times. She said, uh, oh, well, he, well, you know, they brought back Boston. No, Rob I four. think so, too. <laughs> I don't think so. I think so, too. I was really thinking it was four. It feels like four, but it's only three. It does feel like four. It feels like four too many. <laughs> four too many. Uh, <laughs> all right, well, let's talk about Tyson a bit here on this Survivor of uh, Blood versus Water. And all of a sudden, Tyson is uh, really starting to, blossom here as a survivor player it's like a uh, baby birds will fly uh are you impressed no kidding with tyson yeah 3 yeah he's turned into a bit of a player i think i don't um i don't know that it's necessarily unexpected like i think that he's always had some pretty good ideas about strategy um one thing i've noticed this season as opposed to seasons in the past is that i think he really is playing a little bit more humble. He's been in situations where he thought he had um, the game in the bag before, and now he's really, like, he's sort of realized, I think, that a little humility can go a long way and that he's not untouchable, and I think that it's going to make a better game for him. Um, I think now that he realizes that, he'll go really far instead of, you know, thinking he's just, like, got it for sure and then uh, falling without realizing it. So on, on your season, on Survivor Token Chains, you Tyson felt like he had the yeah. game in the bag until uh, until you and your oh. friends uh, got through with him? Yeah, 100%. I mean, he, like, he thought he was just, like, king of the world. You know, it was kind of the same thing that's happening, um, that's happening right now, where he was sort of letting other people be in charge, and he thought he would just come in and win every challenge, and he he really thought that he had an upper hand. 
but didn't realize that, you know, he might be threatening to people and that they maybe needed to cut him loose. How about this injury that Tyson has where uh, his shoulder is in a sling? Does that help him in the game? Like uh, if he had this injury in token chains, would you guys have thought he was as much of a threat? Um, I don't think so. I think that Tyson is Tyson is merely like a physical threat. I would never have considered him to be someone who's a real strategic threat. I think that there are people who have better strategy than he does. But, uh, I mean, he is very much a physical threat. And so to have this injury and kind of play it up, I think is a really smart move by him. Um, because there are a couple of real athletic guys in this, um, in this group. And so it, it really puts him, you know, not at the very top, but maybe, you know, the second or the third guy you got to worry about. And it's a smart move. Now, do we have a pattern here with Tyson and his strategy that he likes to sort of buddy up with another guy, be it a coach, be it a Boston Rob, in, in this case, an Otis, and he likes to sort of be like drifting, like off the back of them in the game. And maybe, you know, we didn't see it in Survivor Heroes versus Villains, and I don't remember seeing it in Survivor Token Sheens, but then starting to figure out a plan to get rid of the top dog and then taking their spot. You don't remember seeing it. I mean, he was assistant coach. That's like his thing. He's well, assistant coach assistant, until somebody wants to get rid of him. Yes, but the, was Tyson plotting to get rid of coach on Survivor Token Sheens? The way um, he's talking about Tyson trying to get rid of Otis? No, no. Tyson's thing with coach was sort of like, like, let coach do all the dirty work. Let people not like him. Eventually, like, coach will weed himself out. You know, like, he is somebody who, and I think that this is a big part of Tyson's strategy always. Like with Coach, it was, he's going to be so annoying to people at some point they'll vote him out. Or like, if I really show that Aris is this, you know, like boss man, people aren't going to like it, they'll vote him out. He's really good at sort of planting the seeds and just hoping that things work out in his favor. The only problem is nothing has worked out in his favor. And like, he hasn't done quite enough to get there. In theory, I think his strategy is really good. In practice, it probably needs a little more work. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about about Tyson as we go along here. Let's talk about last night's episode specifically. And we had Cat, <laughs> who was the one uh, to go home. How bad did you think that Cat ended up screwing this up, Aaron? That girl is so dumb. Oh no, Aaron. I mean, no, I don't mean like in life. Like <laughs> in this one episode. She made a dumb move. Yeah. When you do something and you get caught, like you own it before you get caught. When somebody says, what were you just talking about? You say, you know, I was talking about maybe it's a good idea to vote you out because I really do think that you're a great player and I do think you're threatening and I do think you strategize a lot and people like you and you spin it so that it's a really flattering move to vote that person out. Instead of being like, ah, ah, I never said that. I love you. I love you. I have your back always. I would never do that. I would never do that. Like, you shoot yourself in the own foot in that. Come yeah, on. definitely being so caught dumb. in the lie was bad. But, Aaron, if, if we were on Survivor and you heard that I was talking about you and you came to me and I, I said that same exact thing to you, like, you know what? You got me. I was talking about getting you out because you're, you're so good. Would that change anything for you? Uh, well, it wouldn't make me want to vote you out. Oh, well, that's good to know. Who would you want to vote out? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. I Like, it would make me say, like, okay, well, let's have a conversation about this. Let's talk about 
like maybe what a potential different move is. You know, I would maybe try and steer you in a new direction instead of saying everybody vote for you. I mean, if you're an idiot, like it's easy to get everybody on the side of the idiot, like get them out. Like no big deal. You did something wrong. Everybody agrees on it. You go home. But like, I would much rather, instead of saying, I'm going to be the target or you're going to be the target, I would much rather say, let's just pick a new target that we can all agree on. That way, I'm not one, you're not one. I'm not trying to make people pick sides. I'm just saying, let's push this in a new direction. I never got the real sense last night. What was it that Monica did that annoyed Kat so much? Like, she says she was strategizing. I felt the same. Yeah. I felt the same. She was like, she just talks too much. She talks too much. Like. I mean, you can't, like, obviously, like, if you're going to be in an alliance with somebody, you're going to see their strategizing. If you're not in an alliance with somebody, like, they could be strategizing all the time and you never know. But, like, of course you're going to know what her, what her strategy is. Like, you're part of it. I thought it was really weird. Yeah, it really was. It was really weird. No. And I would think that Monica would be an asset, like, losing a loved one. You would think so. But it was really weird to me. Not for Kat. Now, Stephen and no. I talked about this uh, quite a bit last night, and I, I don't want to poison your opinion if you don't know what ours is yet. Did you like that move for Tina and company, for Tina and Monica and Tina's daughter, to vote out Kat instead of Vetus? Uh, yes, very much so. Or what, what I thought did, it was good. What did you like so much about it? Um, I just I thought that it was... Like, as soon as you have somebody who seems like they're a little bit unstable or unreliable or, um, you know, somebody that you're not quite sure you can count on and you're in a situation where you're merging or you're flipping or you're switching tribes or, you know, all these things are happening, like, you need to be able to count on your people just a little bit more. And I would rather have, like, obviously, like, I'm not saying that they can count on views more than they can count on her. Like, they don't know him. They certainly can't trust him yet. But... I would rather have somebody, I would rather have three people in my alliance that I was knew were rock solid than three people who were rock solid and one who I felt shaky about. I think that, that yes, there's strength in numbers, but not if one of your numbers is completely unreliable. And I feel like Kat really showed that. And then when she came back, like backpedaling to them and like, you know, tripping over her words and saying, but I love you guys so much. And you know, I would never, you know, I would never. Well, you just proved that you would. So I think that she becomes a huge liability for them. The part of it that I really liked so much was I felt like it was this very savvy move for Tina because I feel like she, who is very close with Otis from what we've seen so far, uh, she gets to keep Otis's brother in the game. And her and Otis are the only two people that have their loved ones still intact in the game, not on Red Eye. Um, So Mm -hmm. you have that that foursome. And Tina's able to not only keep that group intact, but also keep Monica. So she really has like two different avenues that she could go down of like uh, the Monica Alliance and the Otis Alliance. And the fact that she kept Vetus in the game, I feel like really strengthens that bond going into the merge. I agree. And I think it's smart with Vetus too. Because you don't quite know, like, they touched on it a little bit from both sides, but, like, we don't quite know what Vetus and Oz's relationship is. Like, it could be this really, like, brotherly love type bond, or it could really not be. And I think, like, one of the things that they were looking for with Blood versus Water is, you know, are you going to, 
Are you going to betray your loved ones? Are you going to keep your loved ones in? What are you going to do? That's the only relationship that I feel like could go either way. You know, like, if you have, like, if you're mother and daughter, like, of course you're not going to cross your daughter. Like, you'd be the worst mom in the world. If it's your, you know, your girlfriend or your husband or whoever, like, obviously, like, you have to live with that person every day. Like, you're not going to cross them. Like, but I really feel like their relationship is a little volatile. So you don't quite know what's happening. And, you know, there could be a point where, Venus and Otis are playing on the same page and Venus could be a real asset to um, Tina as well. And, you know, she already sort of has Otis in her pocket a little bit, I feel like. this is She's playing really smart. I think she's kind of seated better than almost anybody at this point. Well, I've wondered this watching this season and, you know, I know Otis. I don't know Vetus at all. I mean, do you think that everything we're seeing on the show is, you know, is as it seems? Is this relationship as strained as or or do you think that maybe are are both of them sort of embellishing this for TV and then come, you know, time at the merge, we'll see just how close they actually are? That's a really good point. I have I've wondered the same, Um, but I do think that, you know, maybe in the first week or so, it's pretty easy to kind of build up the character that you want to portray or tell a story that you want told. But once you get into that second week and you're hungry and things get hard and you start to get paranoid and stuff, it's kind of tough to keep up the facade of feelings that aren't very real, you know? So I think that that part of the story will start to really come out a bit. And if they do have any of those like real resentment towards each other, it could really, it could really come out. It'll be, it'll be hard to bury it. And, you know, you're at a point where think about like when you were, I don't know, say 20 days in and like, even if you're doing well, if you're feeling good about your gameplay, like you would die to have somebody that you loved out there with you. Like that would be amazing. And once they get on the same page, if they really are, you know, if they do have this great bond and they're so close, we're going to see that because they're not going to be able to fake it. Like, I think it would just be too tough at that point when the, when like the, the show progresses so long that you really are having a tough time and missing home and those kinds of things. I just think it would be really hard to play something that's not genuine. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, that's why I always scoff whenever anybody talks about like, oh, that whole thing I did out there, I was acting for 30 days. Um, because no. I think that the great thing about Survivor as opposed to any of these other reality shows is the conditions, the hunger, the lack of shelter, the, the lack of sleep just break you down and all you have is what you are and you can act in certain moments but you can't for 39 days be somebody that you're not i really i don't believe that you can do that so i to speak you know i think you brought up a good point that i don't think if this relationship isn't strained i don't think that aris and vetus could fake this for the entire team uh, time that they're out there yeah and it also i don't know if you watch the do you ever watch the big brother uh, I don't watch The Big Brother. Okay, well, uh, we're going to talk more about Hayden in in the second half of this show. But uh, I did. I I've met Hayden quite a few times, and I did see bits of his Big Brother. 
Well, I was going to so say we can, we can touch on that. Well, I was going to say about uh, Big Brother in particular um, when they had there was a father and daughter uh, that they put in the yes, Big Brother house. Yeah, I actually watched that. Season. Uh, yeah, evil, evil Dick and okay. Danielle, and they had yeah. a very strained yeah. relationship. And even since they've yep. left the house, have continued to have a strained relationship. But for that one summer that they were both in the same hostile environment together, they got along <laughs> fabulously and got along really great. And yep. I wonder if. You know, for if Otis and Vetus can get together after the merge, they, w- you know, um, everything that was, a, you know, all these problems probably will go by the wayside and they'll probably yeah. get along very well. Yeah, I would think so as well. Common enemies. Unless, unless somebody somehow double crosses the other. Boy. And then I think, should that happen? Like, I mean, you get there and you've had you've played this game for, you know, like, let's say they merge on day 25. I don't know. Okay. Throwing a number out there. That could be way off. But, okay, so it's day 25, and now you've spent almost a full month with these people who have held on to you, kept you in the game, like, been your rock this whole time, and your brother comes in, and it's, it's time to really, like, make some decisions, and your brother says, and, you know, not a question of voting each other out necessarily, but your brother says, the person in my core alliance, we need to protect tonight. So I need you to make sure that we vote out this, like, person X. And you say, well, person X is my person. I can't vote that person out. Like, mm-hmm. that's the person that kept me here so I could get to you. And the brother says, well, you know, I need you to, to do this for me. This is the way it's going to have to be. And if your only options are person X and person Y, and you're, you know, one of you has to vote out the other's person, that could really, like, that could change things. You know, like, it doesn't mess with your, you're not voting out your brother, but you're certainly not supporting him because you have your own, like, gameplay to worry about, too. You know, there's a lot of factors that could be really interesting. And the thing that I always have thought since the day that they, since the day that they, um, announced that this was, you know, the theme of the season or whatever, was that different relationships will be really different on the show. You know, if I go on the show and I'm I'm with my fiance and we compete on the show, obviously we win because I'm super smart and he's a professional athlete. But that is neither here nor there. If we compete and we win, whatever we do, no matter what, one of us wins, we come home with a million dollars. If he goes on, if my fiance goes on with his brother and they compete and one of them wins, one of them goes home with a million dollars. So it really kind of changes the way that you would want to look at playing the game and who you would want to play it with and how those relationships will affect the gameplay. I think it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, layers has been the the word that we've been mm-hmm. throwing around all season long. And there are so many layers. And going back to what you were talking about with the Otis and Vetus relationship, uh, I think that's a really, really good point as well because that relationship is different than Tina and Katie. Because if, t- you know... Tina says, "Hey, I think I, I think we need to to vote out, you know, Laura Bonham, and or I'm sorry, T- Tina says I want to vote out Sierra, and uh, mm-hmm. Katie says, well, I think we should vote out Laura Bonham. That discussion is like, oh, honey, you don't just t- trust your yeah. mom. Your mom is one survivor. Uh, you leave it to me. Totally. And that's not the same. Whereas if Otis says I want to vo- I want to vote out Hayden, and Vita says, well, I want to vote out Tina." then 
that is not like Otis can't say to Vetus, uh, you listen, listen, I, I'm the survivor winner here. I know I trust me. Yeah. Otis, trust me. That's not going to fly. Yeah. It won't work. So that will be very no. interesting to watch how that goes. And that's the only relationship that's left that's like that, assuming that uh, Laura Moret doesn't come back into the game. But the Laura Moret thing is going to be much more like the Tina thing. Yeah, yeah, so 100%. That's going to that's gonna be fun. I like it. Like, yeah. So do you do you agree with uh, what, what I think of, and please, uh, you know, you better. No, um, what I, my <laughs> thoughts about the merge is I feel like, you know, with Tyson and Jervis coming to looking like they're going to make a move against Otis, do you feel like Otis and Vetus are going to be with Tina and Katie and potentially Monica after the merge with Tyson and Jervis gathering their forces to make a run at these guys? I mean, I think that that sort of seems like it would be the natural progression. Um, and I think think I would hope that Tyson is not like cocky enough to think that he can do that and make that work. But um, I do think that there is a, there's a bit of Tyson. And I know that like from the first time he played with us to the second time he played, like I talked to him after the second time when again, he really thought that like he thought he had every skill to win the game. Like he'll, he'll be the first to tell you, you know, he was made for this game. Like, he his brain works the way that you need your brain to work to play Survivor. He's great at challenges. He's he's got good people skills. He can lie to you and you don't necessarily realize that it's happening and he doesn't feel bad about it. You know, like he really has he encompasses a lot of the things that you need to be successful in the game and because of that, he just sometimes assumes that he will be successful like no matter what the odds stacked against him, no matter what the cost. And I would really hope that he's learned from his past experiences that he needs to really think about it a little harder to play the game a little bit better. And maybe, you know, it's going to be not letting the natural progression happen of, you know, splitting up and taking Tina and Katie and with Aris and Vetus and, you know, that sort of thing. Like maybe he needs to try and get some of them on his side a little bit more. I think it'll be, I I think you're right. I think that's what's going to happen. I hope that is not what happens. Yeah, I think that's that's uh, fair. I, <laughs> I I would hope for Tyson, and uh, I like both Tyson and Otis, so I hope that they they figure out a way to work together and go far into the game. Yes. But I feel like it would be too early to take out Otis, because once Otis is gone, then I feel like people say, well, now Tyson's the biggest threat. we got to yes. get Tyson out. Yeah, I agree. And I feel I like 100% agree. And I've talked to Tyson. I, I mean, he's I've had him on the podcast, you know, six or seven times over the years. And I feel like we've mm-hmm. talked about this a few times. And I think he feels like he can never win the game of Survivor because people are always going to look at him as a threat and end up voting him out. And I feel like in some ways I could I could relate to that. In the second time I went back, I felt like people said, "Okay, well he's he's a threat, not for the same reasons that Tyson was a threat. We have we have to vote mm-hmm. him out." And I feel like mm-hmm. uh for for Tyson that he out, actually has a chance to get past that that point in the game where he's with Otis, they control the numbers and he could get to yeah. the end of the game where he's close enough 
to win enough challenges that he can get to the end of the game. Like that's <laughs> the line in the sand. I feel like for Tyson, if he could just get yeah. past the point where it's right after the merge, where he got voted out on Survivor token sheets, yeah. if he can make it a few more votes after that, he'll be close enough that he could win out and get to that money. So I feel like you know what though, like I agree with you, and I've I've felt that way. It's like if he can get far enough to where he can win to the end. Like, then he gets there, he makes a great case of, you know, I made all these moves, I orchestrated some votes, I didn't orchestrate every vote, I won my way through these challenges, like, I deserve to be here, I deserve the money, and I think you're exactly right, like, once he can cross that, the problem is he needs to cross that with somebody like Vetus, not with ours. I think that you have, Tyson kind of gets in his head a little bit when he's not if he's having to operate on a level playing field, I don't think that he is as confident. And I think that he thinks he can win all the way to the end. If he gets rid of the people that he can't beat. you know, like he, or he knows a hundred percent that he can beat 80 to 90% of the people he plays against, but it's those, you know, those one or two guys that might be just as good or close to as good as he is that kind of can be a little threatening. So, you know, for as much as he's the biggest threat, there are people that, who I, I think are a real threat to him. Plus, you have to add into the fact that there are people who are more likable than Tyson, too. Impossible. So just enough, I reject well, that. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> he's just so straightforward. And I think that um, I think that people can find that a little intimidating. And so if you have, like, obviously, like, he's so funny and he's so he's so many things but like he's the kind of guy that you say like do I look fat in these pants and if you do he'll tell you yes and like you know there's other people that would be like oh my god no you're beautiful well you're always going to want to like the person who says you're beautiful more mm-hmm. you know that person always wins note to so self don't I ask think, Tyson about my pants oh he'll tell you he'll 100% <laughs> tell you and a lot of like well not yeah, everybody can really fit into skinny things. jeans like him <laughs> And he'll say that. He'll literally say, not everybody can fit into skinny jeans like me. You're not one of them. <laughs> Here you go. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Aaron. I got upset. Oh, no, that's okay. That's okay. I just, I think that, um, I think that there are some things that, you know, it's like there, he's like anybody. He's not superhuman. He certainly lacks in, in certain areas. And he does a good job of making sure that he, like, gets far enough to surround himself with people who don't excel in the things that, or who do excel in the things he doesn't excel in. Well, what do you think and he I, lacks in? Um, I don't Besides know. Besides humility. Like, if you, let's, let's look at, let's look at like a case study of like Tyson versus Otis, right? Like they're on a pretty level playing field, except that one is a lot more charming than the other. And one has won the game before. And like they're both probably equally athletic. And like the thing about the thing about Tyson versus Otis is that like Tyson could potentially rub people the wrong way. He does speak his mind where Otis is pretty like he kind of like just keeps it light, keeps things close to the vest. He's not like to let you in because he's got like all his like yoga zen like kumba zumba. But like he's not you know, he he's not zumba? keeping you at an arm's length. You feel like yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like I just feel like there there are certain I mean, personally, 
if I have to pick which one I like more, obviously I know Tyson better, but like I like Tyson a lot more. Do I think your average your average person, you know, if you take a hundred people, is it going to be fifty fifty down the middle split of like I would rather be friends with one than the other? Like maybe, but I think people would probably rather at first glance be friends with Otis versus Tyson. Are we headed down towards yeah. a, a? Are we going to start getting Team Otis and Team Tyson T-shirts? Is this all leading to Survivor, Survivor 29, so. Tyson versus Otis? Yeah, I hope so. That'd be awesome. I mean, they were all just um, cuddling a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I and uh, that's just like a just an example. But I think that, you know, if, let's say that it's not the two of them. Let's say that it's Monica and Tyson, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. Like she's just really, she's sweet and she's likable. And, you know, I would bet she could win just as many challenges as some of these guys could, you know, mm-hmm. there's just, there's something to be said for that. Could we go back to the scene last night where Tyson, Tyson had like basically like a five minute monologue during the episode talking about all the things that he, yeah. that's going on at that, on that new tribe. And among the yeah. things that he discussed, um, first off, he, he talked about how he's he's back to stealing all the all the fruit. Were um were you ever concerned in Survivor Token Chains about uh what Tyson was doing to your coconuts? We didn't have coconuts. We didn't have food to steal. It was a non-issue. Okay. Uh, so yeah. um, do, you, do you think that Tyson is playing a dangerous game here with uh, drinking all the coconuts? No, I don't think so. I, uh, no. Because, like, so say somebody walks in and he's drinking a coconut. Like, they'll be like, what are you doing drinking a coconut? And he'll be like, you know what? I was just feeling really lightheaded. Like, I just really, like, I'm so hungry i'm passing out like i feel awful i just couldn't help myself to this one coconut nobody is gonna say oh you're drinking this one coconut have you been feeling coconuts for the last three weeks yeah nobody's gonna have the uh the drop the coffee mug kaiser soze moment oh my god tyson's been drinking the coconuts the whole time yeah and and unless jervis says so and, like, then he's going to have to, they'll be like, how oh, do you know he's been drinking the coconuts? And he'll have to be like, because I've been drinking the coconuts. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, so no. then we had this whole uh, really great sequence where Tyson is really throwing Otis under the bus to everybody. And it's like, guys, guys, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry that Aris is being so rude to you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry Aris is trying to tell you what to do in your camp. I'm sorry Aris is doing this, uh, which was hilarious. But what so I talked funny. about, we talked about this with Steven last night, and we kind of had uh, differing opinions on this. Do you think that Otis knew what was going on with what Tyson was doing? Do you think that for Otis it was like, oh man, that Tyson, he's really just busting my balls? Or do you think that that Otis is aware on some level what Tyson is up to? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because he does it in a way. It's not like he goes aside to these people and he's like, you guys really like, he's just bossing you around. I'm so sorry. Like I would bet from day one, they have like a pretty like chirpy relationship. Like they probably joke around. They probably just like chirp each other all the time. It's probably a back and forth, probably much more of a back and forth than what we're seeing in this episode. 
And it's probably like, it probably seems like just their normal banter. Yeah. Because it's funny. It's not like, it's not like he really was like, you guys, he is bossing you around and you need to stop and listen and realize this, you know, like, and I'm sure also that it was done in a way where they were kind of all doing the bossing. And, you know, it's like when you think about, I always have said that when you have a situation where you have survivors versus civilians, like the survivors always have such a huge advantage because they've done it before, whether it's challenges or building shelter or whatever. Like if we go to civilian camp, like let's say it's you, me and Steven and pick somebody else who has no clue how to build a shelter whatsoever. Rupert. been on the show before. Yeah. Yes. You, me, Steven, Rupert. We show up to civilian camp and they've built their shelter and they've done whatever it is they were going to do. We'll probably still walk in and be like, oh, hey, you know what we did one time that worked really well? We should do that over here. Like that, those sorts of things are going to happen. And there were probably lots of those sort of things that happened. And it just so happened that probably like after Tyson had pointed something out and Jervis had pointed something out and somebody else had pointed something out, Otis had pointed something out and they were like, man, he's just really bossing you around. You know, yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's done so deliberately and surely it will get picked up on, but I doubt it. I doubt from what we just saw that it was right away. Yeah, it would have been interesting to find out <laughs> just a little bit more about that dynamic because I find it so fascinating because I wonder if it's mm-hmm. the kind of thing where uh, I wonder if Tyson says to Otis, hey, uh, let's make it look like we have a little bit of a conflict so that they don't know how close we are. Um, and so th- then like Otis doesn't mind what's going on because they're trying to sort of make it look like that there's a little bit of a smoke screen and they're not you know, actually as I close. Don't, I don't know. I don't think it even looks like, I don't think they're making it look like they have a conflict. I think that Tyson says that aside to us, like to the camera, you know, basically he says that to the audience, but I don't think that what they showed, what they showed of the two of them and their interaction with the tribe, I don't think that any of that, like, sort of let it be known that it was uncomfortable between them. Even though he was apologizing and even though, even though it was, you know, he was saying, like, oh, he's doing this, he's doing that. Like, it kind of sounded like he was just, like, joking around with him, but letting it be known to the other tribe that, yes, he is the one that told you to do this. Not me. It was him. But the way that he the way that he puts it up it just sort of puts that idea in their head like when they say like so wait when those guys came and bossed us around oh wait it wasn't Tyson that bossed us around it was Otis that bossed us around you know I don't think he's doing it in a way that says the two of us are not close I think it was it almost you know makes them look a little bit closer because they do have like a joking relationship and they can like you know kind of chirp each other a little bit but but I didn't get the idea that if you're Colton or, you know, whoever else is left at that tribe, Sierra, that you would be like, oh, these two don't like each other. I don't think you would get that idea at all. So tell me, is, is there anybody else on this season that you know or you've had uh, any uh, interactions with? You said you know Hayden a little bit. Yeah, I know Hayden a little bit. I know Kat a little bit. Um, I've done a couple of things with Hayden. Um, and then... This summer, I met them both. Uh, they were here in town for um, some spring training games, so I met them kind of briefly. 
else do I know from this season? Obviously, I know Tyson. Um, I met Otis a little bit. Um, who else is on this season? How about Tina? Rupert, I obviously know. And um, Rupert and his wife, I've met you know a number of times. Oh, you have a uh, do you have a Laura yeah. Bo- a Bonham scouting report? No, no, no. I mean, I've just like I've always met them, and she's like, I've I've been with Rupert so many times, and she has also been there. Okay. You know, like there's no, if I had, if I walked up to her on the street and she was not wearing a tie-dyed shirt and standing next to Rupert, like I may pass her. That's fair. But I've certainly like met her many times. It's just been not like a memorable encounter. Like, because Rupert is such a big personality, like Rupert takes up all the space in the room. How about Tina? Um, Tina, I think I've met, but briefly. Uh, What about Um, Candace? Candace I've never met, actually. Okay. All right, so... Uh, question! Yes. Question. Was she on... I've met Laura. Um, was Candace on Cures vs. Villains? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. And I said that to somebody the other day, and they were like, no, she wasn't. I was like, uh, yes, yeah, she was. Duh. She and was. And then they made me feel like I was crazy. Yeah, she was totally on she was it. Okay, thank she you. She was there. Um, so this this week we had the big uh, tribe swap. We sort of uh, shook everything up. Uh, did you like that they did that? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I kind of think that I think a, a swap is weird. It doesn't really change much. Um, it's a weird thing to do just wait two more days and have a merge. Yeah, I feel like... Yeah. You know we're cl- we're close enough. I felt like you could have just let this play out for another uh, week or yeah. so here, but uh, whatever. Yeah. It's sort of like you know I feel like these these are two sort of just weird weeks where it's like you know somebody goes home who probably wouldn't have been the next person to go. It's always like uh, like yeah. last season we had like those weird two weeks where it was mostly a lot of like uh, I think it was Julia and uh, Matt with the beard uh, got voted off in in those two weeks, and then we got to the merge. So. Uh, I feel like yeah, sometimes yeah. these two weeks after the swap is just sort of like, you know, just, uh, you know, killing time until we merge the week after. Yeah. Can we talk about how this swap being a man tribe and a woman tribe is like Jeff Probst's wet dream right now? <laughs> so we'll talk about this because uh, we have been trying to uh, get, get set up here. Uh, we have a podcast uh, coming up. It's going to be uh, actually next weekend with uh, a woman, uh, Linda Holmes, who wrote an article about uh, how Survivor is slowly being killed by sexism. So we've been talking about this quite a bit on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, give us, me your thoughts on this. I have read this article that you referenced. Yes. And I think we've got a fair point. All right. Well, uh, I think, I, I think it makes a pretty fair point. I don't, I just, you know, it's like, and it's just, it's like a slow burn, but Jeff Frost just loves men on the show. Just loves them. And like, even when you have a really super strong, super dynamic player, female player who can take on the show and win. Like, unless it's party, that's like a different scenario, but like Kim Spradlin, so smart, so strategic, such a good player, super athletic, made great relationships, made all the right moves. Like there was no question from like the third episode that she deserved to win a million dollars. 
she's like not a person that Jeff like waxes poetic about on a daily basis when she's better than a lot of the male winners have been. And it just, you know, it's those little things, those little like needling things where when you hear him like constantly like in the, um, in the challenges, when people are messing up, he's never really like when he goes on those like real hard, like chirping players, like it's never the guys. It's like, when he's talking about the guys, he's talking about how, what heroes they are and how great they are and how wonderful they are. And when he's talking about the women, it's, Oh my God, Laura and Tina, I well, can't believe Aaron, you in fairness, this. This is <laughs> In fairness to Jeff, let me, let me be uh, the, Jeff's defender here for a moment. They okay. forgot <laughs> the thing that they were supposed to go. It's not like I went to the supermarket no, and I came I home. Oh, I forgot to buy milk. They, <laughs> I know, I know, but like, okay, let's say even in, even in the, um, what's that place that they go called when they get kicked out and then they have to redemption continue? Island, redemption Island, red eye. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have a really strong grasp on the yeah, not exile. Island. Um, yeah, so no redemption Island. So when we had the challenge last night and it was Brad and Laura and who was the last guy, John, John. So, Man, I like him. He's just a little bit forgettable. He wasn't on the show long enough for us to get to know him. Right. Um, nice guy, though. Very happy for that, Candace. They're a cute little couple. <laughs> so, and smart. Both of them, so smart. They're going to have the smartest, tallest baby. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, like, Laura flew through that challenge. Like, she was doing pretty great. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't... As long as we're on the topic of Laura, I'm going to say this very briefly. Briefly, okay. And Touch on this. I know there's there is a lot of a lot of controversy and a lot of things that have been said and a lot of things that will still be said and whatever. I am I am not here to talk about Laura. I don't have an opinion on Laura. I have opinions about a lot of people who are affected by things that she does, but I'm not going to share them here. Okay. I do Fair think enough. that if you do things that you need to publicly apologize for and saying that never happened. I never did that. Like, this is not my fault. None of this is going on. I think if you feel the need to like make a public statement about something, you're probably feeling a lot of guilt because you actually did the thing that you're saying that you're not doing. Okay. So you and say that is all I'm going to say about that. She doth protest too much is, is your take on yes. this. Yes. Yeah. That is what I'm saying. Well, we had we talked to uh, John Fincher last week, and he really I know. Went... And then I talked to John Fincher for quite a bit after that about you talking to John Fincher. Yes, last and, week. and what he said. And I said all of the things that I have to say privately, and, and I will uh, not well, discuss. Them yes, well, and uh, and there are some things that probably should be said in private and not. Uh, and not in yeah. public. Um, but yeah. yeah, I have to say the Robbins podcast audience overwhelmingly, uh, I would say probably about 70, 30. There were some people who really loved Fincher's appearance on the podcast. They say the great Fincher is great. Mm-hmm. And he's a, mm-hmm. he is a good friend. And I feel like we have a, a, a good rapport, which makes for yeah. fun podcasting. But a lot yeah. of people, and I would say about seven of ten, at least the ones who commented, uh, felt like he was way over the top, uh, and he almost came off as too biased in what he said, in, in that his credibility on the subject was hurt to a degree because he was so much 
um, that, you know, Laura is this, you know, Laura is, it's Laura's fault that this happened. Laura's fault that this happened. Um, you know, she's dumb. She's a bad player. She should have got voted off. She wanted, uh, you know, she was on the grassy knoll. So a lot of people felt like, uh, it was too much, uh, against Laura. Are these people, and I'm sure there's no way to know this, but are these people who would come from your regular listener base? Or are these people who listened because of the content? Yeah, well, there, I, I would say that there was a, there was both. That I have people okay. people who were first time commenters and also uh, people who were reg- regular commenters. So, okay, okay, yeah, because I I I would be because it was so like first of all, I think the whole thing is a non controversy, and then it became a controversy. When you come out and you make a public statement, yeah. saying how not. Well, I agree. I do think that the um, the preemptive apology I felt like made it more than it might have been had there been no preemptive apology. Agree, agree. And I wonder if because of that, and when you say, I don't know. I just feel like I feel like when you say a lot of things are going to be said about me in a lot of places. And they're not true, and they're this and they're that, but you're going to be hearing them. Like, that would make me, if one of my friends said, you know what, like, this shitty thing happened, and now they're going to, like, all these people are going to be talking about it. Like, I would be like, well, I want to hear what they're saying. Like, I'm going to go to the places where they're going to talk about it, and I want to <laughs> oh. hear what they have to say yeah. so that I can defend my friend. Yeah. You know? So I wonder if a little bit of that happens. But, um... But yes, I mean, like John is very passionate about the things that he he, he was certain he about. was certainly passionate. <laughs> yes, so it yeah. really depends yeah. on what your tolerance for the the Finchler is. Yeah, well, and like you know, his his like decibel and octave level accelerates so much when he gets so passionate about yeah. things. I can see how maybe it would be easy to turn the volume down or leave the room well, for a few minutes. Yeah. Well, let's go back. Let's just touch on this one more time, and maybe oh, this. How is... did, okay. Wait. We were we were talking about sexism. Well, well let me tie, game, let me tie this all in because there were some okay. people who, on this same discussion of sexism in Survivor and on reality TV, felt like there was uh, to some degree a. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use the uh, the S word, but a bit of shaming that was done of that. Oh, like like we're such a puritanical oh. society that Laura gives somebody a massage. She's a bad person because she did this, and everybody, you know, this was an embarrassment for her family because she's giving a massage, and that thinking is sexist. No, nobody's nobody's you know I, complaining about Otis getting a massage, but Laura is giving a massage, and people say that that's you know uh, this is embarrassing. I think that we're really reaching to get to that. Really reaching. I yeah. Meh, meh. I think when you go out and you make a statement and you say I wasn't doing anything wrong, this was no big deal because it, she wasn't doing anything wrong and it was no big deal, but because she made such a big deal of it. And, you know, like, I would bet, I would imagine that the average casual survivor viewer, and I have a lot of them who are clients of mine, right? Like, I have a ton of clients who just watch Survivor, and then when they come in and they get their hair done, we kind of talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like, they're not podcast listeners, 
they don't watch all the video on the like on the um, website after the fact. Like they don't watch all the hidden scenes. They don't know the last names of players. You know, they're just like your average viewer. Got it. I would bet that your average viewer didn't think much of it other than the fact that they had the short interview with Otis where he said, yeah, she's kind of trying to butter me up and like, whatever. You know, they never talked about it being uncomfortable on the show. They never said anything like that. I bet the average viewer never thought twice about it. They were like, oh, yeah, she's like trying to get in with him. Like, whatever. You know, I'm, I'm sure they never considered it. But because we, as like the Survivor community and the Survivor fan base, know so much backstory and we we see the post on Facebook that says you know everything that it said and we see all of that all of those things and we know a little bit about like who the person we're dealing with is and we know you know we know a little bit about your family we know all of those things it makes it seem like such a big deal mm-hmm. where if you were just you know somebody was sitting on your couch and you stopped on on Survivor on Wednesday night and you saw a girl giving a guy a massage, you'd be like, huh, that probably feels good. And you change the channel, you know, like it just wouldn't be, well, hopefully you would watch the whole show because it's a good show, but like you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't really think about it much. So taking away the Laura angle. And I don't angle. think it was ever, oh, what's that? I was going to say, taking away the Laura angle, that uh, Survivor massage, big deal or no big deal? No big deal. I mean, there have been massages in every episode up until that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Survivor Tribe, not the Civilian Tribe, but the one of Survivors. Like, I like, they I like have your like names a massage. The Civilian well, Tribe. Well, they are civilians, kind of. <laughs> you know, but like, um, but it's like they, every night around the campfire, like they were snuggling or they were massaging or they were whatever. I'm yeah. surprised that like more people have brought up Laura and Otis than Tyson and Otis. Like, come on. Like, it just is like, it's not that big of a deal. So you, you're saying that if, if Tyson had posted on his Facebook page, uh, Hey, I'm so sorry that I was snuggling with Otis. I have, I have a girlfriend, Rachel, who I adore. And they're going to show yes. some footage of me, and I, I'm in a. And I'm so not gay. I'm so I'm not, not gay. Yeah. I'm so not gay. <laughs> I just I don't want anybody to think sure that I'm everybody... gay. I'm 100 <laughs> percent not sure gay. Everyone would be like, "Oh my god, Tyson likes dudes." <laughs> okay, so sometimes, but well, so you're saying that the cover up is worse than the crime. Yes. Okay. Yes, very much. So. Right. Fair enough. Very much. So All I right. think it. I think it brought a lot of light to a situation we wouldn't have even noticed. Okay, well let's okay, well, let's uh, move on a little bit. Was there a- anything else you wanted to say on oh. the subject of uh, the survivor and sexism outside of massage yes. gate? Yes, and that was how this whole thing started. So in this challenge, you've got Laura, Brad, and John, and uh, Brad is obviously somebody that tropes like loves to love and loves some more. He's a fan, and he's like not doing great in the challenge. No. And Laura's like pretty much killing it, right? Mm-hmm. So you get like some Laura's in first place. Brad's following behind. Laura's in first place. Brad's following behind. Brad fell down. He has to go back. Laura's doing pretty good. Brad fell down. He has to go back. If it's the other way around, 
what you're getting from folks is Brad Culpepper, professional athlete, flying through this challenge. He's doing so good. Oh, he's got this puzzle and he's killing it. Laura, you're in second place. You better go faster. You're never going to catch him. He's a machine. You know, like, it was not a very exciting challenge to watch. Yeah. Because he didn't get so excited about the dude (laughs) winning and the female failing. Yeah, we certainly, the one I always say is uh, the one, Boston Rob literally (laughs) carrying his family on his back. Uh, That was, uh, yeah, we didn't reach, you know, a 10 in props hyperbole. I have to say, I didn't have a a big issue with the commentary uh, in the challenge. I that didn't occur to me while the challenge was going, yeah. but I know Jeff did love Brad Culpepper. I, the one that I thought was a little, yeah. he talked about like, Brad, you've, you've been in the biggest of arenas. What is it like now uh, to be out of the game? Uh, I thought that was, you know, a, l- a little bit over the top. Now uh, yeah. we all know Aaron, that you are a, uh, a big Packers fan. Now, Brad Culpepper, who yeah. played his NFL career uh, with the uh, drafted by the Vikings uh, played uh, in the mid nineties, uh, in with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were then at that time division rivals of the Packers, and of course uh, finished his career uh, with the Bears in 2000. Uh, did you mm-hmm. have any thoughts on uh, Brad Culpepper? <laughs> My only thoughts: I, I won't hold anything against anyone for the team they've played on. I I am a huge Packers fan, but like I kind of have. If this was three years ago, I might have felt differently, but. Like, I live in that life now a little bit. And, like, as a player, it's not your choice where you play. So I can't be mad at somebody for playing against my team anymore. Like, you know, we have, like, when you look at hockey, we, two nights ago, um, my fiancé had to play against his two best friends, and we all went to dinner afterwards. It's a really different thing. Don't hate the player. When you're seeing it. It really, it's the game. It's the game. It's not the person. Yeah. Um, I have this to say about the cold peppers. Yes. This is like a, a formal invitation to Monica and Brad Culpepper to please be my friend. I love them. Oh. I've never met them. I want to meet them. Like they are great to me. Like I really, really enjoy them a lot. So you, you're no Candace Woodcock. No, no, not at all. I mean, I think that he like, <laughs> excuse me. I don't think he really knew what he was getting into going to play the game and he got a little ahead of himself, but I think that like they are, they just seem like they're like a nice family. I don't know. I really like them. They do seem very sweet in how they relate to uh, each other because God knows if I was to play survivor with my wife, I I think that uh, she would be, she would be, you know, looking to vote me out by day three. There would be no, uh, this, uh, you know, warm affection going back and forth uh, in these tough times and, and defending each other yeah. to, to the, mm-hmm. uh, to the end. Um, all right. Yeah. So I know we, I know we, we only have uh, so much time and we have so much more to get to. So yeah. I, we teased it at the top of the show. Uh, all right. Tell us about this, this engagement story. Uh, so, so what, did, so what did Dave do here uh, to, it's not a story to tell. It was really nice, but it's not a story to tell. Oh, as, was, as in, was, as yeah. in, it, it's a good story and you can't tell us or. No, 
it's a good story and I'm just like to keep it close. Okay. That's, that's, it was really nice. Well, that, that is fair. Well, congratulations. I know yeah. a lot of our listeners are going to be very disappointed to see you off the market, <laughs> but, uh, we're very, we're very excited for you. Yeah. Did you know? And then what now they say that things come in threes. So for, who got, who got engaged first, you or Kim Kardashian? Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Kim and I are like kindred spirits. And I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Whoa. But I got engaged first. I, I actually got engaged last week, and I had no intention of putting it out there into the world of Facebook. But my mom went ahead and did that for us. Yeah. That's so that thing. was how you all found out. That's a thing. My mom posted it. And she was like, because I was waiting to tell, you know, tell my girlfriends and whatever. And we had, Dave has a huge family. So we had a lot of people to tell. And, um, and I made my mom wait and wait and wait. And so finally she was like, can I put it on Facebook? Can I put it on Facebook? And I was like, my mom lives and dies by Facebook. She's like 13 year old. But, um, so I said, yes, mom, you can put it on Facebook. And I thought she would like post a status that was like, my daughter's engaged. I'm so happy. No, lo and behold, she puts a picture up. She yeah. tags us tags. in it. She like says all this nice stuff. And between the two of us, like, and I didn't know any of this happened. I've got like a hundred comments in four minutes. I'm like, oh, thanks, mom. That was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, I know it's tough. Uh, we had this, the same thing with the with the baby. With uh, you know, people are you know, family members yeah. are trying to, uh, posting things on Facebook before we like we're yeah. like, can we just have an hour here where we're not on Facebook? Uh, <laughs> yep. But uh, anyway, that's that's life in 2013. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, we've got so many uh, we got so many questions for you, Aaron. Let's do it. All right, let's here we go. Do it. All right, that uh, we might have to go a little fast because we have so many. All right, let's start with Jeff Pittman who okay. wants to know, uh, these came to us on our Facebook page and also on our Reddit. Uh, our Facebook page is at uh, facebook.com slash Rob has a podcast if you want to like our page and get your questions in uh, for our next Survivor guest. Oh, by the way, um, did you feel like Eric Reichenbach stole your thunder with also getting engaged this week? He did? Yes. Oh, congratulations to him. No, I think everybody should get engaged. It's the greatest thing ever. I'm literally the happiest person in the world. It's fun. And I just want everyone else to feel like that. It's fun because you get engaged. It's like, uh, uh, it's great. Everybody's congratulating you and you don't have to, and you're not dealing with uh, the aggravation of planning a wedding yet. It's just, uh, it's all fun. No, I am am planning a wedding and it's awful. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're getting married in July. It's misery. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Coach got married uh, this past July. Did you go to Coach's wedding? Yeah. No. Oh. No, I found out about it on Facebook like everybody else. <laughs> did your mom post that Coach got married on Facebook? <laughs> she probably knew about it before I did. <laughs> but I'm being perfectly honest with you, I bet she did. All right. Well, speaking of Coach, Jeff Pittman wants to know, uh, when you played together, Tyson had short hair. Now it's shoulder length, and he's talking about magic. Is Tyson turning into Coach? Um. First of all, hi, Jeff. We haven't talked in a while. Second of all, um. Did Tyson have short hair? I don't think he did. Did he originally? It wasn't as long as it is now. No, no. When we played, it was long. And then when we played, it was long. It was not as long as it is now, but it was long. And I kind of feel like Tyson always talked about magic a little bit, (laughs) but the kind of wide-eyed fun magic, not dragon magic. 
Yeah. Um, all right. This came to us from a lot of different people. Trevor Chong wants to know, would you date someone who didn't make the merge? Now, we know you're off the market. Okay, so that's this, mm-hmm. this is not even a not even an issue. But well, hypothetically, okay. let's go back in time like three years. Um, yes. Would you ever date someone who didn't make the merge? Um, here's how I feel about dating people. And now let me just set like, this up also that uh, this was, of course, then Kat went to Redemption Island last night. She was very sad. She said she was so embarrassed. Yeah. She felt like she yeah. was a, a, she was a nerd. She felt like a minus two and she didn't, and she thought that Hayden wouldn't want to date her anymore because nobody wants to date somebody who doesn't make the merge. Yes. I, you know, there's some truth to be said for that because the cool kids usually make the merge. That's a thing, isn't it? It's a thing. It really is. It's it's a it's a thing. And so you gotta you gotta think about that. But there are sometimes tough breaks. Like I remember when this is not answering the question at all. But I remember when I was about to go do Survivor and Survivor Gabon was airing, and it was the night before I left. And oh, Jackie Berg, I think was her name, blonde girl. She was like the fourth person voted out. And she was like this beautiful girl. She went to University of Wisconsin Madison. Yeah. Like she was farm sales or something. Like she was so nice and she was so friendly. And she just got like a tough break and she got voted out. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to bed that night crying because I was like, if that girl can't make the merge, I'm never going to make the merge. And it was just some stupid thing that happened that made her go home. And I was so worried about it because all I kept thinking was like, I know I'll make the merge because the cool kids make the merge. And so, yes, cool kids make the merge. Secondly, to answer your question, would I date someone who doesn't make the merge? That's like a tough thing. Like, I don't care when I, when I think about like dating people and you know, who you're going to end up with and whatever. Like, I don't care what your job is. I don't care what you do. But I definitely would never date somebody who didn't strive for excellence in all things. <laughs> and I feel like somebody who does that would make the merge. So the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair that's a fair point. That is a, it really is a thing. And I know for the people who are listening are like, What what are you talking about? This is crazy. But there is a little bit yeah. of a division of the people that made it to, that made it to the merge and the people that didn't make it to the merge. And so if you're like well, a, and if you're like uh one of these uh one of these guys that's like uh pre merge, uh sometimes, you know, you can get in with some of these like uh, you know, good looking women <laughs> that are out of your league because they're also pre merge. Yeah. Uh but they're they're oh. uh some what their stock is a little lowered because they're a pre-merge person. Whereas if this person made the merge, somebody you... said to me one time when they were talking about you know all the people that get voted out like they have to hang out and like go on a trip because they can't yes. go home. Yeah, I was like they were telling me about it and I was like that sounds amazing and beautiful. And he was like it's not amazing or no. beautiful. It's a parade of misfits. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yep. Because the cool kids make the merge. I know. I had an unusual one of those on the on the first All Stars where I went on the vacation with Tina and Rudy and Richard Hatch, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was <laughs> that was that like every other one of these trips. Like I hear stories like, "Oh my God, we partied," and this person had a breakdown, and it was great, and whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, like that was like this was pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. But I made the merge yeah. the first time. That's what, like, it doesn't matter if you make, yeah. I, I thought about this a couple times. Um, it doesn't matter if you, if you, if you made the merge once and then you, you don't lose that. You still made the merge yeah. once. Well, and like, 
a, like a setting where they bring people back is different because they're only bringing back the cool kids, right? Mm-hmm, right. So, like, if you don't make the merge this time around, who cares? You got that your card punched once, yeah. Yeah. Like, she still has crazy hair. He'll still totally make out with her. Like, it'll be fine. And the corollary is true also where if you did not make the merge the first time, but you get brought back and you make the merge the second time, then you're in also. Yes, but like if you didn't make the merge the first time, who's bringing you back? Well, there are some people. Let's uh, just to throw a few names out. The Boston Rob famously uh, made the merge, yeah. made the merge the second time, um, and uh, yeah. uh, there were some people that did not make the merge. Uh, Monica Culpepper in this season, uh, for instance. Oh yeah, and Colton. Yeah, but you know, amazingly. Husband. David's uh, just like David's waiting so 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 much to retire just so he can be on Survivor. It's so funny. He's like Brad Culpepper's just like me. That could be us. We could do it. And I would win, and I would vote you out so fast. I'm like, thanks, Dave. Well, even Vrodelat uh, Br- Jack, uh, he wants to know: Is it true that you were considered for Blood versus Water with uh, your boyfriend? Uh, so is this? Now, I don't know if you could talk about this or not. Is this is this a true story? If it is true, nobody told me, okay. first of all. And there's no way that, like, let's be smart about this. There is no way that anybody could play, like, any athlete could never be on Survivor until after they retired. Right. Like, they film, first of all, Survivor doesn't film in the hockey offseason. The season's still happening. We could never do it. Second of all, they train all their offseason. They can't go out to the jungle and lose 40 pounds. Like, it just doesn't work that way. So if I was being considered, I don't know about it. And I think probably not. Okay. Well, uh, good, good to know. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's see. Uh, We've got so many uh, good questions. Uh, Oh, well, this got asked from a number of people. Jordan Sean wants to know, who's the jackass this season? Oh, God, I wish I had never said this. This Like this dumb quote follows me around for like my whole life. I guess it could be worse. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a real big idiot playing. No. And I think it's because, no, I think it's kind of because of the twist. So you've got people who have played before, so they kind of know the deal, right? But then, like, if it's, like, their family and friends, it's also people who are really familiar with the game. You know, it's like, I watch every episode, so my parents watch every episode, like, because they got into it when I was on it. Mm-hmm. My sister's super into the show. My boyfriend's super into the show. You know, like, maybe these people have, like, a better understanding, so I don't feel like there's one, like, idiot plane. Okay. Except for Colton, but you know, so who is this jackass? Uh, so let's see. Uh, what, what else do people want to know? Um, how about, uh, Jay, Joe Rutch wants to know from our Reddit page, uh, how would coach handle the coconut bandits? Uh, could Tyson still be a warrior if he's stealing coconuts? Uh, Yes, because Tyson can do no wrong in Coach's eyes. Anybody else would be, like, cut down for dishonoring the tribe. Tyson could steal coconuts all day long, and he would, like, talk about how great he is. Yeah. Um, Let's see. 100%. (laughs) So, uh, E.M. Benjamin 14 wants to know, though he's generally beloved uh, now, you, Aaron, and Tyson were far from best friends in token chains. Uh, in this season, he appears to be universally well-liked by everyone. What do you think has changed? This is the second time that he's played on a tribe with someone named Sierra, and they actually appear to be getting along this time. So now Tyson is getting along uh, with everybody, including Sierra. So uh, what has Tyson done differently? Um, 
I think that it probably just has something to do with, you know, you're a little bit older, you're a little bit more humble. Like those things probably kind of play into it a little bit. But I think that sort of like Tyson not getting along with people had to do with the fact that Sierra was miserable and impossible to get along with. And that like, I don't know, he just, he is a likable guy. And even, even in like some of the stories that were told on our season, like you only saw part of it. Like we generally got along. We all got along pretty well. We all had a lot of fun together. There were just some times that were like, oh, wow, this person is awful to be around for 90% of the time. I mean, he's like, he's a good guy. He's a fun guy. Like, as long as you don't have a real strong personality in the mix, like, he's going to get along with people. All right. Now, Aaron, since the last time you've been on the podcast, the podcast has, uh, you know, continued to grow. We have new people listening to us for the first time every week. So there are many people Mm -hmm. who probably have never even heard your first two appearances on Rob has a podcast. So, uh, Brendan, Oh, that's too bad. They were brilliant. Well, we'll be sure we can link to them. I'm sure on Rob's mm-hmm. website. So mm-hmm. Brendan Noel has a question. He wants to know, uh, yeah. can we hear again how badly Aaron would have beaten, beaten Steven if they were in the token sheens final two? She didn't cover that enough last time. <laughs> I do think it's true. I totally think it's true. I totally think I would have won. I know that Steven completely disagrees, but I think I would have won. That's it? Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Okay. If I think too hard about it, it makes me mad. All right. Um, This is a question from uh, Brandon Jodoon. He wants to know, is it a coincidence that the only two pairs fully intact left in the game just happened to contain the only two winners on this season? So what do you think of that? Is there a uh, is there anything to that? Uh, you know, I had not thought of that before, but I bet there might be a little something to this. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, I think that I think that if you have won before, there's probably a bit of a confidence that goes along with that. So maybe you don't need to like play as hard as other people and you can come off a little less threatening. And maybe that's what's been keeping their people safe. Also, I think that they have the right kind of uh, family member with them. Uh, They're not like, like Tina and her daughter, for instance, are not hugely threatening to anyone. Um, And I think that as far as Vetus goes, there are people who, like, I would really consider getting rid of before I got rid of him. So I think that it's, it's probably a number of things, but I bet that that has something to do with it. All right. Two more questions here. Uh, or actually, one one more from me first. Uh, so we all know that I am the uh, Rob that sucks compared to the, uh, the Rob that doesn't suck. But uh, who, in your opinion, is the Sierra that sucks? Oh, my Sierra sucks so much more. So, so Sierra so token sheen sucks uh, way more yeah. than Sierra. Here's the difference. Sierra... Sierra Blood versus Water, like, kind of sucks, but not really. You know, she's just kind of there. She's there. She's there, and she knows she's just there. Yeah. My Sierra sucked, but she thought she was the world's greatest person ever alive, ever, and would tell you about it at every turn. And that was what made her suck so much more. (laughs) Like, my Sierra probably would have been cool, if she didn't think she was so great. 
So, like, in comparison, this year, like, doesn't even suck. She's just there. She's just there. Uh, Alex Isaac yeah. wants to know, um, what do you think of the comparison of JT and Steven to Otis and Tyson? Do you see any similarities there? No. What about Tyson and Jervis? No. <laughs> no? I think I think we're we're working too hard to make comparisons. We're reaching. Them. We're reaching. Um yeah, yeah. I think these are these are definite reach. But I do really like the I like the Tyson and Jervis um alliance. I think it's a little bit unexpected. Um and uh I do like I like I like Jervis a lot and I like what he said in last night's episode about getting to the end, you know, like coming and playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like not just like showing up and like riding along both times. I thought that that was a really interesting observation and I like that he's very aware of it. All right. And then one last question. This is from uh, Joe Rutch who wants to know, did you ever see Tyson scheme against coach behind his back? Like he is doing to Otis. Uh, did you ever oh, yeah. see anything like that? Yeah, of course. I mean, you always see stuff like that because people have to kind of talk it out and you have to like, you have to, I mean, literally in just like strategizing and planning, like it gets talked out, but even the things that he's doing, like we all know that like everybody knows that coach is an idiot. It would be weird if Tyson wasn't pointing out that he's an idiot. Now, and do I we think all, that that is do we all know way. that? Coach is, no, a, is a nice I, man, I, I, Aaron. I mean, coach doesn't know that, but <laughs> the rest of us know it. That's the hey. Please, we don't want to get a bunch of uh, comments from coach fans now. No, no, no. I mean, like, and I'm the first to say that, like, coach in life is a wonderful person. Coach on the show was really hard to live with for 35 days or however long he was there. And when I'm talking about this stuff, I'm talking about coach in the show. So That's all for my political. In July 2014, <laughs> will coach yeah. be giving you away uh, at your wedding? Uh, probably not. No, but, but there's a chance. Probably you, is that what you're not. saying? No, there's a chance. I mean, yeah, <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that, uh, I think that's about everything. Aaron, uh, do you know that you have the answer to a, uh, a survivor trivia question of who is the last person ever to be voted out in third place? The wait, say that again. <laughs> you're the I thought about this the other day. Uh, that you're the last person ever to be voted out in third place. Oh, because it's been final three since me. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. I just get screwed? Maybe I, think, I did. Yeah, I think you did because not only has it been every season since you, but it was also uh, the one before you, too. So, for some reason. Yeah. People just said, hey, you know what? Let's uh, let's uh, screw screw job." Uh, third it was place. the one before me. Yeah, and it was the one before the one before me. I think it was. I think it was fifteen, then not sixteen, then seventeen, then not eighteen, and because Suri also is uh, in in that boat, also of people who have been screwed since they yeah. got into there. But oh, so yeah. but you're the answer to a trivia question. Someday there could be a Survivor Pringle yeah. with your name on it. You know, you know what else I am. I am also the last person to be on Exile Island because they haven't done it since my season. Oh, look at you. Um, and oh, you know what? That's not true. Coach went after I did. 
<laughs> That's true. Remember, remember yes. when he had that like weird two days on exile? Yes. It, um, and there was one other one. It was actually on Jeopardy one time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Somebody right. like sent me a thing of it. I can't remember what it was, but yeah. But like I was like part of the question. Well, wasn't it like, it was, uh, like this? Whatever. This survivor would have easily beaten Stephen Fishback in the Survivor Token yeah. Teams final two. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron, thank thank you so much. Uh, do you tweet a lot about the show? You know, I don't like. Rarely. I can't always watch the show when it's on because mostly, like, we have games or whatever. So, um, if I watch it when it's airing, I will tweet about it. But now that I'm on the West Coast, it's a little tough because I try to just stay off Twitter because I don't want to see what happens Spoilers. before it's right. happening. You know. All right. Well, if you, you West want... Coasties, you have a hard life. I watch the I'm East Coast it. feed. I've got a. Uh, I'm that. I'm. I'm slinging. How do you do that? I don't even know. Well, put a put a sling box at your mom's house, and then uh, you'll be good to go. Oh, uh, Marty right. Pants. Yeah, there you go. All right. So follow at the. Recently engaged, uh, E. Marie Lowe, still one one of the uh, bottom five Twitter handles of any survivor. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry to report. I, I have to call it like it that's is. Fun. Sorry, but uh, uh, that's okay. I think I have to change it because my name's not going to be E. Marie Lowe for very much longer. Uh, what's going to be your, your What's going to be your new name? I don't know. Well, my, <laughs> my new name will be Moss. But I don't know what my new Twitter name is going to be. I'm open for suggestions. So you're going to be you're going to be Aaron Moss. I am going to be Aaron Moss. No relation to Hayden Moss. No relation to Hayden Moss. Okay. But when when they met each other, Dave was like real excited that they had the same name. Okay. Well, that's that is exciting. All right. Well, Aaron, thank you yeah. so much for coming on with us. I hope we don't wait another two years to do this again. Yeah. No kidding. Call me more often. All right. Well, great job, Aaron. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay, sounds great. All right, take care. Bye. All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Aaron Lobdell back here on Rob Has a Podcast. All right, so uh, we're going to be joined by Matt Hoffman in just a moment, and we're going to talk about everything going on uh, with Hayden Moss. But I mentioned it at the top of the show that this podcast was sponsored by Squarespace, and Squarespace is uh, the easiest way to get a new website set up. Now, a lot of people have ideas for websites and have been putting it off because it's complicated, but Squarespace takes all of the hassle out of getting your own website built. Uh, it used to be, you know, you had a website, you had to hire a designer and all of these people to, uh, you know, really charge you an arm and a leg to go ahead and get your website built, but not with Squarespace. They have uh, a ton of unique and cool looking templates that are all responsive, that are able to basically show up on any device the way that you want it to be to set up your blog or small business website uh, with the least amount of work or stress for you, which is always a good thing. Squarespace, now let's say hypothetically you wanted to set up an online store uh, because you had a, uh, you were a coconut uh, importer. Would you be an importer or an exporter? I guess you would import the coconut. You were an importer exporter, much like Art Vandelay. And uh, you were had a coconut importing exporting business. And you wanted to supply coconuts uh, to people all around the world 
but you didn't know how to do that. Well, you go to Squarespace and uh, they will help you set up an e-commerce site to uh, sell your coconuts and uh, not have to worry about the coconut bandits uh, robbing you blind at any point because... Uh, when you set up your Squarespace commerce account, uh, you can do that in the U.S., U.K., Canada, uh, Australia, and a whole bunch of other countries in uh, Europe. And you can sell any type of product, including coconuts, uh, on a single interface. And that will certainly help you uh, if Tyson uh, needs a major order of coconuts delivered uh, to his place in Utah. So uh, you could sign up for a free account at Squarespace.com. There's no credit card needed to try it out to start building your website uh you can get your free trial as well and if you decide to uh, go ahead and purchase it you can get 10 percent off your new purchase uh with our promo code rhap10 so go ahead and uh, start getting those websites up uh without all of the stress and nonsense you have to deal with uh normally at squarespace.com All right, everybody. So uh, we are very lucky to have here uh, back with us on the show. uh, One of the great guests of Rob has a podcast. Uh, You know him from Big Brother 12 and Reality Game Masters. Uh, Here he is. It's it's his time of year. Here he is. It's Matt Hoffman. Hey, great to be back. I feel like it's been a while. I don't know if it has or hasn't. I think we last spoke on the podcast on your uh, Reality Game Masters exit interview. Well, Sharknado. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that uh, had pregnancy brain. Yes. Yes. And Matt and I have both, uh, over these last couple of months, have both become uh, new fathers. Yes, we have bred little reality babies. Right. And it's so easy, right? Matt Matt and I are sitting here having time to talk about Survivor. Yeah, I mean, all we do is podcast now. I mean, it's that's what we, right. We got wives for the baby stuff. <laughs> uh oh. Don't why don't either of our wives ever hear yeah. us say that. The thing is, my <laughs> wife would never would never listen to you know an hour and change into a podcast that she wasn't on. But then somebody, some Weisenheimer, will just go on Twitter and just tell her that. I'm very excited though for our children to do podcasts together uh, <laughs> in 20 years. No, I gotta keep my kid out of the podcasting business. <laughs> it's probably for the better. Probably for the better. Okay. So um, now some people are wondering, now why are you having uh, this big brother guy on during a Survivor podcast? And and to that, I would say really pay attention because we, of course, we know Hayden Moss, your good friend and alliance mate from Big Brother 12, is on this season. Yes, I'm loving watching uh, him play the game. It's great. And you are a Survivor fan as well. So you knew what, what Hayden was getting into. Yeah, I mean, well... In a way, I feel he's a bit deserved of it. Uh, I know he fell into the the theme of the twist via cat, but I mean, as I'm sure many of your listeners know or not, he was cast for Survivor. You know, I don't think he knew what Big Brother was. And uh, about a day before he was going to fly out for Survivor, they told him, "Nah, hang tight. Uh, we're going to do something else with you." Threw him on Big Brother. Of course, Golden Boy wins, and uh, and now he gets his chance on Survivor. So I'm actually really happy for him. So Hayden originally wanted to be on Survivor. He's like the bizarro me. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's he's the alternate universe Sesternino. And uh and to me, like if you were to draw a cartoon of a Survivor player, I mean Hayden fits the mold. I think he you know, he is doing well. I think he will do well. I don't know. I specifically uh asked him and Kat as well to not spoil anything for me because I hate spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh so I don't know what happens, but I, I think I mean, he seems to me to really fit the bill of a survivor player. More now, so even than a big brother player to me. Now 
Is part of you jealous that Hayden gets to go not just beyond Big Brother, he gets to go beyond Survivor? Are are you a little bit annoyed at your wonderful wife Stacy for not being a former Survivor player? <laughs> I'm not actually. I am. Uh, I'm very much of the uh, supportive mentality, but I, I have talked to uh, a handful of my my former season twelve people who, who have differing opinions on it. A little bit of the the BB bitters, I would say. But no, I am super uh, in support of him. I think it's awesome for me. You know, the thing about Hayden, Hayden's a hard person as a guy to talk about and not sound super gay because <laughs> he's just a good dude. Not and, that there's uh, anything wrong with that. And, Pardon me. Not that there's anything wrong with that, of course. No, no, no. no. And uh, but he's a he's a good guy, and like uh, he's uh, he's he he fits a good in a, any reality show, any competition reality show, a Big Brother Survivor. I think a great trait to have is to uh, be in control, but not not have it be apparent that you're in control. It's like you are, but you aren't. And I think he did that on Big Brother, and I kind of think he's doing it on Survivor a bit. Uh, you know, he's really. There's always someone else who appears to be in control of things, but Hayden always has a really firm grasp on things. And he's got this personality and this – I don't know if you even want to call it charm. I wouldn't call it charm because it's more of like a, a dim-witted charm and I say that not in an insulting way, that he just – you trust him. You just do and not even that you shouldn't. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good, trustworthy guy. And – you take someone like a Russell Hans, who's a dick in, in Survivor and he's probably a dick in real life. You know, in, the, in my story. Do you know from experience? I have, you know, met him superficially briefly and you find that a lot of people, you know, you're, you're, it's your character. You're, you're an asshole or you're not. And maybe, you know, you're a little nicer in person, but generally these things shine through. Hayden, I find, uh, can play that game, that kind of, uh, brutal, uh, you know, the backstabbing, the vicious game, but he does it in such a nice, smooth way. And it's just very unassuming. And I think he's, he's just a really good player for any of these games. Yeah. So. He is very he is very good and I think he is an underrated big brother winner would you agree so underrated and I wonder sometimes if it's because you know I got so duped by him and it was my season that he won but so if that's like my personal bias but I really feel he was one of the better winners and I think his edit did not do him justice cuz he was just he had things going from the start and no one knew kind of but him and he, he was a good player yeah so I think so as well. I, I think that he doesn't get, you know, a, a lot of credit because, you know, people there's a little bit of a bias of, uh, you know, he's a, he's an athletic guy and people think he's kind of a meathead just on the surface. And so I think that he doesn't get credit for being as smart as he is. Yeah, he is a lot, a lot more. And well, and you know, here, in, intelligence is a funny thing. Or when you say smart, you know, it's, it's, to me, smart is a subjective word. It's not objective. And Hayden is, I would not say he's, you know, what people may conventionally call smart, but I think he's super smart in his own right. And particularly in an environment like this. Yeah, I think so. Uh, now, let's just, uh, have you talked to any of the other uh, mates from the brigade about this? Now, if people are just a Survivor fan, they don't know anything about Hayden from Big Brother or you. Uh, so you guys formed an alliance uh, early on. Was it day two? It was, yeah, day one or two. Yeah, one or two. And so you guys came together and you had sort of a secret pact of four bros 
in the house uh, with yourself and Hayden and uh, Enzo and Lane. Have you been in contact with Enzo and Lane about this season? I uh, I, follow, I follow Enzo on Twitter. Does that count? Yeah, uh, we should be. Fo- <laughs> where are the Rob as a podcast interns on this? Though we should be following what Enzo's saying on Twitter. What has Enzo said? Uh, I don't, he's all, I don't know anything. He has said nothing about Hayden to the best of my knowledge. Uh, I also, I, Lane is someone who I very occasionally will send a text to, but again, we've never spoken about the survivor thing. Hayden is the only one I've really conversed with in regards to survivor. He's really kind of the, the, the brigade guy that I, I suppose I speak to most, not for any animosity reasons, just so happens to be that way. And uh, but yeah, Hayden is just kind of uh, for those of you who did not watch uh, the season of Big Brother that, that I was on and Hayden was on, he's sort of doing it again. <laughs> it's kind of you're seeing what you would have seen if you watched the Big Brother season. Yeah. Okay. So we'll, we got to see what I'm looking up. Uh, Enzo Palumbo, aka at the underscore meow underscore meow yes. underscore. Super intuitive <laughs> and easy to figure out if you couldn't get. Well, not that I should be one to be making well, fun of that. Enzo has gotten three underscores in his Twitter name. <laughs> yes, his, his his social media game is on point. If I remember, and correct me if I'm Yo. wrong, it starts with an underscore. Like it's the first thing. <laughs> no, no, it's the underscore meow uh, underscore meow underscore. Oh, it okay. It ends with one. Well, that's because, and I remember this. Actually, the underscore meow underscore meow was taken already, so he had <laughs> to add another underscore. That it. was taken. No, I don't, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but Enzo actually knew new reality father as well. So that I know from Twitter. Oh, congratulations. I see him, I see him to... posting uh, pictures of his son, Dominic. So congratulations to him as well. I'm very happy. For Wait, him. his son is named Dominic also? Yes. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, my God. And it's not Dominic underscore? I, that might be his middle name. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so who knew? I didn't even know this. I thought you knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh my God. It's so trendy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I see I see a um, a tweet from the twenty first that Enzo said uh, he said that I guess somebody is asking him about uh, about Hayden and he talked about uh, he said that's uh, my brother he's going to be back on don't worry or I just say uh, I was on Top Chef so uh, all right so. Enzo is you know what I, I typed in I started typing in Twitter just now Enzo to you know kind of follow along with what you're saying and I and the Enzo Palumbo was not the first thing that came up the first name that came up was fake Enzo so uh, ahead of the real Enzo is the Enzo parody account <laughs> all right so uh, again with, for the survivor audience I have no idea what we're talking about but I'm sorry uh, <laughs> that's fine it was yeah. it's fun for it's fun for us all I'm right, never so, gonna be as back on here again am I? all right no, why does uh, is Enzo uh, in charge. Backlash. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, back to full circle. Now, I don't speak too much to Enzo Lane, uh, but the brigade is, is happening again. I think it's brigade part two. It's just another day. They didn't name it this time. But something I want to bring up, and it was a couple episodes back, uh, how I might, you know, how I say Hayden's kind of redoing the brigade thing. If you watch the season, it was not super apparent until very later on, kind of the, the workings that Hayden was doing behind the scenes. And and I mentioned, you know, I never, I never thought of him as the leader of the brigade by any means. Uh, if if anything, maybe myself or even Enzo to, to some extent. But the thing is, is like Hayden was always he was, but he wasn't. And and in the Survivor, there was a scene a couple weeks ago where Hayden was the one sitting around the, the beach or something. He kind of brought up, "Hey guys, maybe it's time to you know get get Cole Pepper out of here." And that's the Hayden 
that I kind of saw in Big Brother where it's like he was the one to to make that move because it's a it's a it's a fine line to cross uh, to turn on your alliance and you know p- position that turn to the rest of your alliance members to pick out a member and go hey guys maybe it's time to cut them loose because you might really be screwing yourself over and I know Hayden did that to me and that's kind of why I voted for him to win and and he he was sort of the catalyst in this thing too and so I, I really like his gameplay were you the Brad Culpepper I was absolutely the Brad Culpepper <laughs> yes whoa look at you. <laughs> <laughs> only only in, in in some respects yes yeah. uh well that, that's fantastic uh, so this week now we have very bad news i think for or tell me if you think it's good news that cat is now out of the game leaving hayden as just a uh, single player in in the game without a loved one so do you think that this is something that maybe takes some of the target off of hayden that he's a uh, solo or because he loses an ally it's something that hurts him yeah i mentioned to a, a former cast mate from big brother of mine reagan just last week i said that uh hayden will probably make final four if cat leaves real soon and if Cat sticks around, Hayden's probably going to be gone real soon because he it's going to come time sooner than later that people are going to see what a threat he is. I know he's kind of under the radar now. And as soon as that time comes, the fact that he's tagged along with someone else, that just makes it even worse. He, he had to get her cut loose. So I know she's not totally out of the game yet, but if she doesn't make it through Redemption Island, I think that can only behoove uh, Hayden's game. Okay, well, we'll see uh, what ends up happening. Now, it was very sad when Kat got voted off, because I know you're friends with Kat as well, in addition to Hayden. Uh, she was very upset to be, uh, to be voted off, and I thought she seemed even more upset that Hayden will be upset or embarrassed that he's dating someone <laughs> who got voted out of the game before the merge. She said, oh, I hope Hayden isn't going to be upset about this. This is so embarrassing uh, on a coolness scale. I'm like a minus. I'm like a minus two, even. And she said that nobody would date somebody from a pre-merge. Now you know Hayden well from your time. Is Hayden uh, that superficial? Would he not date someone who went out pre-merge? Uh, this relationship is toast. Hayden will have none of that. A pre-merge girl who wants that, Rob? Nobody. Nobody. That's Nobody. right. You never. No, have, of, of course, this uh, relationship should be solid. Cat is really funny too. Uh, yeah, she is. She's. Uh, I. Yeah. No. The, the 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 relationship is fine. This whole cat uh, thing. I think cat was a fantastic decoy for Hayden to make a lot of money this this season. I think cat <laughs> think was necessary to his game, or the, I should say, the elimination of cat was necessary to Hayden's game. <laughs> Wait, hold on. So many things I, I want to pick up on. So is that <laughs> okay. the same on Survivor and Big Brother? Is that a thing that you uh, that dating stock goes by uh, if somebody was a uh, on the jury or not okay i would not i would not now i'm married but hey if i was single of course i would not date a pre-jury member it's uh it's like uh you know i mean it's like uh the the jock in high school dating the you know the the art nerd or something it's just it doesn't it doesn't fit see i would i would because i would i I would find the best looking pre-jury or pre-merge girl i could find and then okay. I feel like then I, I would sort of be like it's kind of like Moneyball. I feel like I'm like uh, this is like a distressed asset that none of the other reality guys want to go after that. Uh, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to date her. She's pre-merge. She's pre-jury. Uh, so then I would come in and then aesthetically I w- or, per- or personality, whatever my criteria are for judging a 
a woman and then I would come in and I would I would swoop in and I would get like a bargain. Let me tell you why I I understand. I totally agree with what you're saying, but my school of thought and why it differs because to me uh I would never even want to date a reality chick. Like <laughs> well, two reality people together is just a mess, well, right? So yeah. if I'm going to take the leap and do this, the reason I would do it is to be that couple, to be the the brunch oh, show or the G Joe or something, yeah. you know, and to really like milk it. So if that's the case, if I'm going to subject myself to the punishment of dating a reality girl, it's like let's do, let's be the reality couple. Yeah. So you don't have, you don't have a lot of juice. I was just being, I was just thinking like aesthetically, I could get like a a bargain here. But, oh, if I was like in my early twenties and just wanted to bang a reality chick, for sure you take advantage of the you know the pre-jury or pre-merged girls. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, do the pre-jury guys get annoyed of like, hey, listen, jury guy, like, what are you doing uh, in our dating pool down here? You know, I don't know how it is on Survivor with pre-merge versus post-merge, but in Big Brother, pre-jury versus post-jury, there is so much bitterness. Like it's so such bitters with the pre-juries. Mm-hmm. And it's like they really – the pre-jury people hang on their Big Brother time and I feel like they dwell on it and the what-ifs and whatnot. Whereas post-jury, it's kind of like you maybe you didn't win, but you did as good as you're going to do, you know, and you kind of – you're at peace with whatever happened. Whereas pre-jury people, I feel they're just like eternally tormented with the idea that they didn't make jury. Yeah. I think – you know, I I feel like a lot of people laughed at Cat, but this is a real thing, this pre-jury, uh, post-jury, or pre-merge, post-merge. And Survivor, it's a little – you know – it. It's a little bit um, – it, it's really – it's not merge. It's jury, I feel like. Do you guys have the, the show Therapist as yeah. well? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it the Dr. Zachary? Because I know Amazing Race uses her as well as Big Brother. Uh, you know, it's been so long since I played, so I don't know who's there and who's not there. But Ours yeah, was a definitely, quack. I was just curious. Yeah. yeah no, there's definitely uh, um, you know, a, a therapist. Uh, um, it was uh, Dr. Liza uh, during my time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that is not a fun job because, you know, for the most part, there are some well-rounded people that come off the show. Like, okay, you know, I lost. And there are some people that they are, you know, they give you, you know, you get that person's phone number and they are calling that person, you know, for, you know, people went, th- you know. Really? Yeah. People have gone through, you know, there are a lot of people out there in this world who need the services of a therapist. <laughs> And, you know, it's a real first world problem, I think, that uh, I lost on a game show and now, you know, the, my life is distressed. <laughs> yes. So I don't I don't I hope that there's not a lot of Big Brother production people that uh, are avid followers of Rob as a podcast because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But I got to say, uh, the, the, the we, when you get out of Big Brother, the first thing you see, you have you're required to go and meet with this therapist. It makes sense. I, I question the credentials of this person. I mean, with the thing, it was kind of like you. I was told nothing of any quality. They're basically like, uh, you know, don't go on the internet. And she's like, I have this book, and if you want to read this book that I wrote, you know, you might help. I mean, no, like if yeah, no, I was fine. But if I was a mess, like particularly the people I know, your audience might not watch Big Brother, but this season, I'm sure uh, the therapist was working overtime. But it was just so unhelpful. Well, maybe they didn't make a big fuss with you because they knew you were fine. Yeah, maybe. Might have been just saying. We know he's okay. Um, if I have to go on again, I'm going to cry a lot. <laughs> sure. Just to sure. see if they can really do their job. All right. So 
Hayden on on Survivor. So where where does he go from here now? Like uh, he's apparently, I feel like he's in a good spot here with these guys. Uh, but then here comes uh, Otis and Jervis and Tyson. They come in, they make, they eat all his food, they turn him into a have not on his own beach. Uh, what can Hayden do from here? But it's, I know that this is, and this is going to answer your question, but. Another thing that's funny and quirky, I guess, about Hayden, as I know him, and and mind you to your audience and and you as well, I am not claiming to be like best friends with Hayden where we talk every day and stuff, but I I am in definite communication with him and I do consider him a good friend of mine. So so I can't claim to like know his personality in and out, but what I do know of him and something I've always found kind of funny in the time I've known him is things just kind of work out for Hayden. So I laughed when they did the the murder, the tribe switches, and of course Hayden gets like the perfect tribe of like all men that are probably never going to lose anything you know it's like just so typical Aiden to have that kind of fall into his lap like that so yeah I guess Tyson and Jervis are stealing his food making him a have not and but overall they probably aren't going to lose many of these challenges anyway before the merge so Aiden's probably going to be sitting pretty until the merge I'm guessing and uh, and then you know just take it from there yeah We'll see. Hayden was on the wrong side of the vote with Brad Culpepper, where he went back and forth, and it seemed like that really threw him for a loop when Caleb decided to force the 3-3 tie. He wrote, he wrote on the paper Sierra and, and, and back and forth, and then so finally he flipped his vote. And uh, or I'm sorry, he kept his vote the same, but Vetus flipped his vote. So he ended up being the only person who voted for Sierra who stayed in the game. But it looks like he should be if they go to tribal council, it doesn't look like Hayden's going to be the target before the merge. May I ask you a question about that night? And I know you've probably discussed it because it was a couple weeks ago, but I don't know if you discussed this. Do you know for sure that that scene of him dwelling on like, oh, you know, and scratching it out? To me, initially, I'm like, oh, he's kind of deciding between Sierra and Culpepper and what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And as and then the scene played out. And I honestly think I'm not saying this to be funny in any way. I truly feel that he couldn't spell that girl's name and that he was kept scratching it out and was like, do I spell it like this? Do I spell it like this? Do you know if that's what it was or was it really him? I think he was going back and forth because he already voted for her once. I think he couldn't spell it. He already voted for her once. He wrote it down already. I think he spelled it wrong. I think he was. <laughs> I, and I actually, the night of that episode, I called him and he didn't answer. And I didn't leave a voicemail and I've forgotten about it since. And I, next time I talk to him, I'm going to ask him then. Because I really think it was, uh, I just think he was like, he couldn't figure out how to spell the name. All right. So do you think once Hayden gets done with, with this season of Survivor, so he's going to be the only person in the world who will be able to definitively answer the question, what is harder? survivor or big brother and this has been debated for many years now uh what do you think his answer will be uh i don't know how you want me to answer this because that's a question i've asked him so i know what his answer will be but you oh. might want that exclusive oh me. okay well yeah, don't tell me don't tell i will yeah. not tell you but yeah I, I so yeah at risk of spoiling i will not answer they'll so save it for the uh for the interview after the show i will say that if i didn't know the answer his answer would have been the same as my assumption okay well, that's gonna that's gonna be very. Good. I see. I think the challenge is that I think that that Big Brother is actually tougher mentally, but Survivor I think is tougher physically, and because you're so physically worn down, it makes the mental part tougher. If that makes sense. 
that is exactly where my head would have gone. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's going to be interesting to see. Like, so like you know, Big Brother is not very taxing. You know, mentally. Yeah. I'm sorry, physically. You know, you're you're well fed. And like, oh, I'm on slop. Well, you know what? You you know, you'd be happy to be on slop on Survivor. <laughs> no, Big Brother is uh, summer camp. Yeah. To be honest. Oh, I have to eat. I have to eat the oatmeal, and it doesn't even have that much protein in it, and it doesn't even taste that good. God, the uh, people that Big Brother, I wonder like where they, what nursery they cast them from because they're such babies. There's so much complaining from Big Brother cast members about just everything, <laughs> stupid things that you know. Like you said, yeah, oh, you know, I got to do well, I mean, you're, you're sitting around a pool in a house, rent-free, <laughs> fed. I've never eaten so good my entire life. I ate, we'd have steaks and, <laughs> I mean, everything, fillets, salmon, all the time. Every week we'd have these things and unlimited food. And then, we'd, and then three times a week we'd play some games. And it was awesome, you know? Yeah. And the, like, what do you have to complain about? Survivor people should be complaining constantly. Yeah. And even still then, you know, it's still a lot of first world problems for the realities people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, we, we brought you on here. We want to have you uh, listen to some voicemails that, that have come in it. for us. All right. All right. So I'm sure we could, uh, you know, go on and on and on. But, you know. Uh, eventually, you know, people have to go back to work and stuff like that. Yes. All right. So uh, let's start off here with a question for you, Matt. Uh, this is from Belinda. Here we go. Uh, take it away, Belinda. Hey, guys. I uh, love your show, Rob. And uh, I have two questions. Uh, first one is, uh, will Matt Hoffman and you be doing any more movie podcast anytime? Because they are amazing and I have so much fun listening to those uh the second question is if hayden wins survivor or places i guess maybe would that erase the humiliation that was reality game masters when big brother lost to survivor terribly uh thanks for listening uh have a great day all right matt hoffman so if if hayden moss wins survivor Will that erase from the record the embarrassment, which was the performance of the Big Brother players on Reality Game Masters? That is such a good question, first off. And uh, Belinda, thank you. Belinda, that's a cool, that's a name you don't hear off anymore. It's kind of an antiquated name. I like that. People should bring that back. It's a good Belinda. It's a good name. Uh, Great question. I don't know that it will erase the shame and humiliation of of Reality Game Masters as it's an apples to oranges thing. However, I think there's a huge testament and bragging rights to be said that the first time we ever toss a Big Brother player into your 20-something season of experience and you have all your vets who have played two, three times and we throw our one little big brother schlub in there and he takes it. That's kind of funny, even more more, more than Hayden to brag about it. But yeah, all of our all of our BB fam. Yeah, that would look bad. In your face. That would look bad. If the, if one big brother person shows up and wins the game against 10 of our, you know, a supposed returning all-stars and their family members, uh, that would look bad. I love it. Now, here's the problem with this whole train even rolling is if I like that this happened once. I like that Hayden got his shot, the big brother guy and Survivor. If they do one more crossover, even just one, if they took one Survivor person, put him on Big Brother, I think it's all over and it's just going to keep happening. And then we get this incestuous uh, merge, a merge of shows instead of a merge of tribes. And I don't like that idea. I hope we never see another Big Brother Survivor crossover. I hope Hayden is the one guy. That would be it. He let him do it. But I really, I don't want this to be a trend and I'm afraid it's going to be. Well, is it time for a Survivor person to come to Big brother i mean that's we had, what we i'm had saying Willie like, Hans. I, we, we had Willie Hans, and that was as close as we got 
<laughs> and that did result in my favorite Rob Sister. One of my favorite Rob Sister, you know, moments is your uh, Hans I Used to Know song. I oh, still love you. it. St- I'll be in the showers and I just get stuck in my head or driving in the car and I'll just, it'll come into my head. You but, didn't uh, even but, play no, I, Vito. Yeah. That's <laughs> alive. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Acoustic. No, I don't, I don't like that idea. I, I, in fact, if Hayden had never been on Survivor, I would have wanted a Survivor person on Big Brother. Like, I just want to see it once. I want fr- I want can't, it. Yeah. I don't want to be the person that does it, but I like it. You don't see. I would think you would definitely want to be the person. That's no. I don't want to go. No, no, no. That that was the that was the young man's dream. That that was. (laughs) I don't. At this point in my life, uh, I don't want to go and spend ninety days in the Big Brother house, and especially uh, especially after this last past season, where it's like I feel like you know the people are sitting there, you know, you know, with you know, just you know, recording everything that happens. Wait, wait till you say you know something, and then it's on YouTube, and then you know they're calling your your you know, God, you know, not that. Not that I think I would say something uh, racist, but I feel like you know, I, if I made a, a joke that was in that was you know wasn't in great taste and then it taken out of context, you know, I feel like uh, it, it's it doesn't seem that as as fun of an idea as it once did. Yeah, I mean, I you know we talk off off the air often, and I mean you are just a monster, so yeah, it would be dangerous <laughs> for you to to be on. Yeah, all twenty four seven monitor. Yeah, I just I, you know. It, it. I think that's a tough thing to do. Is just you know, pol- you know, completely police yourself to say you make sure you don't say anything you know that that could be considered offensive for for ninety days. <laughs> yes. So seems- hey, look, Rob. If I could pull it off, anyone can. So. Yeah, but I feel like even three years ago when you did it, I feel like it wasn't it wasn't policed like it is now. No, no, no. So I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't sound that exciting. And then uh, any more movie podcasts uh, in the works? You know, I loved. I have fun doing those. I, I, you know what I like about them too. I mean, we've done some things that are more modern, like The Hangover and The Sharknado, as it was out. But I like going back and revisiting movies too. It's fun to kind of, you know, things that I we grew up as children watching, and you kind of just you let go for a couple decades, and it's fun to yeah, go it's back fun to go back. Revisit. So, so maybe like, uh, you know, there's a lot going on with uh, our respective babies and yes. all these <laughs> and all these shows. But maybe in the Survivor off season, maybe January. I agree. Okay. Let's do that. We'll do it for Belinda. Yes. Okay. Belinda, give us some suggestions. All the listeners, give us some suggestions of some good classic uh, fun movies. That'd be cool to riff on. All right. Here we go. Here's from Brooks uh, McLehan. Brooks. Hey, Rob and Matt. This is Brooks from Canada. I just wanted to ask about one of the secret scenes this week in which Jervis claims that in the first challenge, he pretended he couldn't swim to avoid looking like a challenge threat. I just wanted to hear if this is something you think Jervis may actually have done, because I personally don't buy it. Thanks. All right, Matt. So Brooks says, and I've heard this from other people. So in the secret scenes this week, uh, they you know they put the secret scenes on the CBS website. So Jervis claimed. Now he did swim very well this week. That in the first challenge he was faking that he was a bad swimmer. And then this week, he actually seemed like a competent swimmer. And so he claims that in the first challenge, he was faking he was a bad swimmer. Are we buying this? I'm not, only because I do have a vague recollection of Jervis from when I used to walk back in season one. I actually was an avid fan, and I remember him not being great at things like that back in the day. And yeah, I don't know. Jervis, to me, and you see it a lot now in this season, seems more of, of a hype man, you know, a show guy, <laughs> where uh, he lets his team do do the work, and then he'll go, yeah, you know, we did it. And uh, But he's not really doing anything. He's just kind of 
along for the ride. So, yeah, I don't think he's a great swimmer, probably. That's, you don't need to be a great swimmer. But he swam well last night. So it does feel like, uh, I don't know, but that he was, if he did fake in the, in the first time around, um, this was an Oscar-winning performance because he was so bad. He looked like he was dying, and he almost cost his team the challenge. So unless he was throwing the challenge also, I mean, he went way too far with the faking. Well, and you can probably attest to this particular. You've gone done two seasons of a competition show, and the competitive nature. And this is person to person. Uh, he might have just not been in it, you know. I mean, sometimes your adrenaline gets gone, and you can juice it up in a high gear. And who knows what his mind or his mental state was like that first game? He might have just been lazy and not really into it. And this this competition, he might have thought his ass was on the line, and he might have just kicked it into high gear. You know, your body and adrenaline endorphins do some crazy shit to your body. Yeah, so I don't maybe know. He just kicked it up. I wonder if like maybe he like swallowed some water and was like embarrassed about the first the first go round and then because it really was and he really is like decent and he sort of just choked in the first in the first literally and figuratively in the first (laughs) challenge and that's and then he's trying to save face a a little bit because i can't imagine after 13 years of not being on the show he comes back and then does this whole big thing of you know this theater of oh my god i'm such a bad swimmer yeah and why give it up why, I mean, why then stop faking that he's a bad swimmer on day 14? What would have been the initial point of faking that, that you're Hey, I'm not a challenge threat. Keep me around. Uh. And so at this point, especially that if I'm Jervis and I'm, I'm confident enough in my, in my team that I'm faking that I can't swim, especially looking at what these, challenge, these teams are constituted of, of that it's all the women, again, I'm putting myself in Jervis's mind, I got to think, boy, we're going to smoke these guys. I should continue to pretend I'm a bad swimmer. Like, you know, why you're stop right. I, I'm shifting my whole paradigm of what I had previously said, and I, I you've you've swayed me. You're right. I think I mean I'm in agreement. I'm on Team Rob with okay. this mindset. I wonder if they had also been practicing swimming over the next 14 days of after they saw how bad it was. Like take them in the ocean. down the ocean. Yeah, and give stuff them like swimming that. lessons every day. <laughs> give them some water wings and stuff. Is that a reward? <laughs> yeah. that you can get. All right. Let's take a question here. This is from uh, Amy Murphy, and she's got a question for us about uh, the Biscaskis brothers. Hi, Rob. This is Amy from Melbourne. My question for you is: How many Bushkaskises, or as I like to call them, Bushkaskai, will be left by the merge? Don't feel like you have to answer this one too seriously. I just wanted to get my Bushkaskis streak in there. Thank you. Bye. Well, this brings up a good point from Amy. Uh, which of the uh, Bushkowski are in more danger this upcoming episode, Otis or Vetus? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Aris always seems like he's got some kind of island stylist. His hair always seems really well kept, and he's always got like the perfect scruff. And I noticed Vetus too. Uh, and to me, that factors into what I'm about to say. Um, yeah, I think Aris is going to go before Vetus. Whoa. And, I th- and I wouldn't have said that prior to last night's uh, the eviction, whatever you call it, the tribal council. But now that you know Vetus did what he did and got him, got him roped in on his side, I think he's going to last a bit, a bit longer than Aris, maybe. But I also have never seen Aris's game. This is my first take on Aris. I never saw his first season, so I don't really know how he plays out and stuff. Yeah. He's been a little more assertive this time around. Hey, Rob, what country was that woman from? 
Uh, I believe she said she was from Melbourne, which is Australia. These voicemails have been like the United Nations of Rob has a podcast. We've had, it's all across, all over the world. All right, these let's, people are. let's go. Let's go to Michelle from Long Island. All right, we'll take that. Hey, yeah. Rob, this is Michelle from Long Island. I'm calling today to get your thoughts on the hidden immunity idol. So on last night's episode, we saw Jervis, Tyson, and Aris all receiving the little amount of clues that Hayden and the guys knew about where the idol was. But we never actually saw any footage of the guys looking for the idol. Do you think this may play out in future episodes since Tyson had a personal confession about how silly it was that the guys gave up the information so freely? Or do you think no one's looking for the idol because it's been such a big target in the game so far? Or are we just not seeing any footage of them looking for it because no one's found it yet? Would love to hear your thoughts. Bye. All right. So when Tyson and got and company show up with Hayden and Caleb, um, they, those guys start giving up the goods about the idol and start talking about stuff. And Tyson's taking notes, but we didn't see anybody looking for the idol. Do you think that's because uh, people were not looking for the idol or because it was just that they did not find the idol? That's something you may know more than I would just about, you know, what footage makes cutting room floor versus what footage makes makes the air. I was I, not to implicate anyone. There's a past survivor that I, I had spoken to a number of times and, and in our discussions mentioned to me that uh, hidden immunity idols play out a lot more exciting on television than in reality in the sense that he said a survivor camp, uh, although it looks like these idols are buried in some random tree, there really are very distinguishable landmarks around camp that it seems kind of obvious that, OK, if there's this weird, awkward tree in the middle of nothing there's probably an idol around there i don't know if that's true or not that's what i was told so that being the case maybe there's just other drama going on that they're not focusing on it but my question for you rob because i'm glad i get to talk to a survivor about this element because i not ever playing survivor think that this continually burning the clue thing is so stupid is it not stupid is that the good move to do because i'm not getting it well it's it's sort of like the genie's out of the bottle with it and it's like we have not in discussing this have been able to come up with something different to do that so far that once the first clue got put in the fire, if you do not put the clue in the fire, you are putting a very big target on your back. Yeah, it's just it's peer pressure at this yeah, point. Now it's like, peer pressure, right. I, it's, I, but isn't there – like I feel it's, it's so black and white. It's like either we I read it or I burn it. Like there's no thing in the middle. Isn't there other bargaining or other things you can do with this clue besides just throwing it in a fire maybe well, to use to your advantage? Give me I an mean, example. What would you do? Geez, I – Shit, any, I, I wouldn't throw it in the fire. I'd at least hold on to it for, for a, a bit of time and use it. Even if I like, even if I took it and made some sort of seal that were, were, if I had it and then anyone at any time could go and see that it's still wrapped. But at least I had it in my back pocket to use as a bargaining. See, I'd say, anything, hey, give it to you for something. Or give it to you and you can you have do, it. But it's, you know, burning it does nobody any good. It does nobody any good. It, I think it's going to not get burned when the person who knows they are the next person to go home, like when we get to the situation where it's like after the merge and somebody knows, okay, I know I'm next, then somebody would have to say, hey, uh, hey, I'm next. Do you want to screw these guys over? Give me the clue for the idol where they already know they're going to go home. Everybody's feeling too safe right now. So once people, I think it could start to get interesting after the merge. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. these people that we see, like when they have the auction, it's like, all right, here's a clue to the idol. And somebody's like, oh, 500. I know I'm going home next. So give me, I got to buy the clue for the idol. So I think it's, it will start to become like that where somebody is like, I need an advantage because I know I'm in trouble. 
And like as annoyed as I'm getting with this whole, okay, everyone's fucking burning the idols all the time. Uh, Jeff Probst is my favorite reality host by a long shot, like not even a close second. And what I like about him is his like kind of uh, cantankerous sass that he has occasionally with with players and things like that. And I I can't believe that he's keeping his mouth shut. Like this this repeated action seems like something to me. He would totally have a funny little quip, you know, ripping on people like, "What are you guys doing?" And Probst is always keeping his mouth shut about this too. It seems like he liked it the first time it happened because the Culpeppers uh, came up with this idea and he is a fan of the Culpepper. But I feel like it's going to get on his nerves if they keep doing it because now it's getting boring. I mean, I liked it the first time too, to be honest. It was cool the first time, but enough with this. Let's play the game, you know? All right, let's play the clip. Here's uh, Brian from Indy. Here's Brian. Hey, Rob. It's uh, Brian Bosma from Indy here again. Uh, First things first, I wanted to predict a upcoming Andrea Belcher appearance to discuss Red Eye in the near future. I mean, with Billy Garcia, Matt Hoffman, and of course, Stephen Fishback, they have all been on this season, and you might as well just continue with the reality game master's theme. Also, I wanted to say it was a travesty that you did not get Billy Garcia to say, Sacre Boo, you have been defeated at least once during his appearance on the show. That was a missed opportunity. Uh, one of the best <laughs> parts of reality game masters was the appearance by Billy Garcia. Uh, back to this episode, I just wanted to say I think Tyson's episode was a great showcase for the second strategy, meaning you never want to be the best or first in any individual area in the pre-merge, whether that's strategic, social, or in challenges. But you just want to be second or perceived as second. That way you don't have a target on your back but still are doing enough to garner respect in a final vote down the road. I uh, just wanted to see what you thought about that strategy. Uh, thanks for the great shows. Keep up the good work. Talk to you later. All right, Matt, I want to talk about this in the context of Survivor and Big Brother, because I do think that there is something to this of, is it a good idea for Tyson to take out Otis at this point in the game? Because if Otis is the guy who everybody says, hey, we got to watch out for this guy, once Tyson gets rid of that guy, doesn't that guy become Tyson? Okay, uh, everything I'm about to say is with the a disclaimer that this is my first season seeing Tyson. So I don't know about how he plays except for these last five episodes or whatever. Uh, and he is my favorite player in this game. Of all time. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying what he's doing. I like, I like that uh, I find him to be a kindred spirit with me and that sometimes sure. I feel – Pardon me? Sure. Oh, I was going to say, oh, do you know, oh, do you I, know I that Tyson – do you know that I, feel, I feel him to be a kindred spirit uh, with me in that I, he seems to sometimes do things not even for a productive reason, just to kind of mess with people, just to like amuse himself and keep him entertained as the days go by. And I really, really like that a lot. Uh, and and I think he seems to me to have a good enough head on his shoulders where at face value that you're right What you and Brian from uh, Indy. Let's say he's from India so we can keep this uh, NATO thing going. Sure. Uh, w- what he said in that, uh, yeah, he probably really would be the, the next biggest threat or whatever. But from what I know, from what I see of him, I believe he, he can spin it well enough where he'll find someone else. I mean, he's on the tribe of all dudes. It's not hard to find another guy that you can try and peg to be the strongest guy in a tribe, in a tribe like that, you know? So I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's, he's actually playing a really good and fun game to watch too. I was going to say, do you know that Tyson is also uh, one of the all-time uh, great Rob Has a Podcast guests that on the uh, on the clear uh, Rob Has a Podcast Mount Rushmore? And uh, I was going to say that you should you may be interested in the Rob and Tyson movie cast of Piranha Three Double D. 
Oh no, I had no idea he was uh you know in in with the with the crew here. Yes, no. He's uh, probably had uh as many appearances as you have. I think he's on like six or seven uh appearances for Tyson. Oh man, I, I might go back and listen. I'd like to yeah, I'd like to engage with him at some point. You know, like quintessential uh, prime example of just uh, very uh, why why I like him that that magic line last night, you know, about you know, I don't believe in anything except magic. Those kinds of little non sequiturs and things. I think it's hysterical. He's a good character. Yeah, is very, he like that? Is he kind of like oh, very much that so. way? Very much normal? so. Yes. That's fine. Uh, so that's very interesting. And just turning it back to Big Brother, like I, I feel like the strategy if I was Tyson, I think I would keep Otis around um, for at least for a while longer. Just going back to this past season of Big Brother, I felt like if Amanda and Helen could have kept each other in the game longer, it would have been beneficial. Like only one of them would have gotten to the end, but it would have been better for them. Like one of them would have gotten to the end. Like it's like if they could have like sort of come together and say, hey, I want to get rid of you. You want to get rid of me. But if we do that, neither of us will get to the end. If we keep each other around for a while, one of us will get to the end. Like I feel like it's a hard thing to wrap your head around, but it's mutually beneficial. These shows are weird, Survivor Big Brother, because like what you said totally makes sense. But so often you can't use logic and rationality because when you say something like that, that makes sense. You always like in the back of your head, there's that paranoia, like, okay, but what if he strikes first or what if he changes his mind first? So now I need to change my mind first before he changes his mind. It's the prisoner's so, yeah, dilemma. You can set it up like that, but there's always that, that back of your head that goes, maybe I should just kick in and do this before he gets a chance. Yeah, I know it's, it, and just having that conversation would, would probably, you know, elicit the response that you don't want, but it would be a very interesting, like, I, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, full disclosure is, would, would be good in that instance. And you know, cat's cat's storyline last night was based, based around complacency. It was like, Hey, everybody just chill out shut up and we're going to be, and you'll get through this. But if you start freaking out, it makes you look weird and paranoid. And me particularly, I almost got kicked out of big brother in the second week. Exactly. For that reason, I was super paranoid. I was leaving. In fact, I was totally safe. The head of household, the person in charge, you know, that's what we call the head of household at the time was, was uh, a castmate, Rachel. And she kept, you know, we, maybe we should get mad at why is he so paranoid? He's totally safe. Why is he paranoid? So, you know, in, in that respect, Kat would have been right. But now in Survivor, Kat has that mindset and it bites her in the ass. It's like it makes these games so difficult to play. And as an audience member, you're like, oh, that's stupid. Why didn't they do this? I would have done this. But it's so easier said than done because every season it's different. You can't you can't just say, oh, that's the way to play. And then it works. It's it always is changing. That's fun, fun stuff. All right, let's uh, do two more questions here. This is from Matt Forsyth. Uh, he's got a question uh, for us about cat. What's up, Justin? You know, and Hoffman, Matt Forsyth here. So, at the end of the episode, Cat Raider rated herself as a negative two on a scale of one through ten. My question is, what is the rating you would give yourself on Cat's arbitrary scale? Thanks. Bye. All right, Matt. So, if Cat uh, has self-evaluated herself at a minus two, uh, what is your own self-evaluation of of my Big Brother game? Well, I think I believe of what? What do we of, of yourself? Cat. No, of yourself, of myself in the in the scheme of my season. I think in the scheme or of just life. in life. Yeah. Like, what do I think of me? Yeah. What are we talking about? I think that Cat said on the coolness scale, I'm like a minus two. So I guess it would be on the coolness scale. 
Oh, I well, okay. Well, if she if it's, we're using her scale and she's a minus two, I can confidently say I'm far less cool than Cat. So, I mean, I guess, jeez, oh, I'd have to be somewhere probably not tr- negative triple digits, but definitely negative double digits, hovering around the thirties or forties. <laughs> You're think. minus thirty. Well, I'm not super cool in any way. I would not cool would not be like one of the top ten adjectives to describe Matt Hoffman by and large. Yeah, because if Cat's at minus two. Um, you know, if Kat was saying like, Hey, you know, on the strategy level, uh, if I was going to rate my strategy from one to 10, I think I'm a minus two, but on the coolness scale, I feel like, uh, I think Kat's really, uh, really thrown off the whole curve by giving herself a minus two. Yeah. I think she's kind of cool. Yeah, she did. She really ruined that whole, uh. Yeah, yeah. barometer there. I really think I feel like after what I saw, I think she was embarrassed that I think she probably is self-conscious that Hayden it, won his show and she came in like seventh. But she also like was sort of seen as somebody who was not a real like strategic player, um, somebody who sort of got duped on her season. And I feel like she came out and wanted to try to fix that image and say, I'm going to prove to my boyfriend that I am a great strategic player. And so I'm going to make a big move here. And it kind of bit her in the butt. And now I think she's embarrassed. I half agree with you. I agree with I, I, the part I disagree. Okay. I agree with the part where, uh, that, you know, wanting to prove herself, she did get blindsided her first season. You know, if you kind of get screwed over in that respect. And I, I feel that way. I feel like I played an amazing game and then I made te- like a terrible mistake one week and it just ruined everything. So I have the, I have a similar feeling. If I went back on big brother, I'd, I'd have this mindset like, okay, I really screwed up and I know I'm better than this. It was a stupid mistake. I'd, I'd really want to do better. Cat probably felt the same way. Uh, and so that's where I agree with you. I disagree with uh, that it, it, any of this related to Hayden. I don't think she gave a shit if Hayden thought she was a good survivor player or what. Nor do I think Hayden gives a shit if she's a good survivor but, but player. But she said that nobody wants to date somebody that went out before the merge. So she's not saying like, oh, my God, I hate myself. I went out before the merge. She's saying that what is Hayden going to think? He's not going to want to date me. I went out before the merge. But... Yeah, but I mean, she also and answer me this: How much time do you think transpired in real time between her torch being snuffed and her walking into Redemption Island camp? One hour. One hour. An hour. An hour. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So then that plays with what I'm about to say. Her head was probably still spinning. She's all you know crazed. I'm sure if you asked her the next day, she probably wouldn't say that same thing. You know, it's emotional. I'd imagine she's having a moment. Yeah, having a moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's, let's see. Uh, here we go. This is, uh, let's do one more question here. Uh, this is, uh, from, uh, Matt in Mineola. So many Matt's on the phone today. Yeah. Here we go. Hello, Rob. My name is Matt and I'm calling you from Mineola, New York. And my question is years from now, when you and Dominic are playing on blood versus water Two. Would you hope he aligns with Tina's grandson or daughter or one of the Mariano daughters? Thank you and good luck. All right. Well, is there Mariano daughters? There are, th- there are three Mariano daughters. No, really? Yeah. Yes. That, uh, yeah, they are the, uh, the, you know, if, if, if you'd have to, if you want to arrange a marriage to the Mariano daughters and maybe, maybe one day if, uh, you know, we, we Boston Rob and I could sit down and have that conversation of an of an arranged survivor marriage. 
um, between uh, and marry our houses together. That would be uh, very that would be very exciting to rise to the survivor throne. Um, but until that day transpires, I would say, and I don't know how you feel about your uh, your young daughter. Uh, I, my goal here in this house is I want to keep my kids off the reality TV. I feel like had I had my head on straight and uh, had I had something really going on in my life, I think I would not have ended up on reality TV. Had I gone, you know, had had like an exciting career opportunity or, you know, uh, things really happening in my life, I would not have been thinking about, boy, I'd like to go on a game show. I have a little different mindset maybe. Okay. I, I, I hope to God that the internet is not a thing by the time my kid can use the internet. I don't want them Googling dad and seeing anything that I've done in my life. Um, but, and I don't want, but as far as like being on reality TV, I think, uh, to me, it was never about being on TV ever. It was about playing a game that I loved. And I remember during my casting interviews, I always said, I do, I don't, the cameras are irrelevant. I do this without the cameras. I just want to play the game. So I don't at all think that my path would have changed. If I was had an exciting job, I would have said no. And in the same respect, if my, if my daughter really enjoys playing you know, the game, what I would not want her to do is to uh, define her life by a reality show. And you see the well, many, probably more often than not, ex-reality contestants. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm Rob from Survivor. I'm Matt from Big Brother. I'm mm-hmm. not Matt from Big Brother. I'm Matt Hoffman. I was on Big Brother, but I've done a lot of other shit too, you know. So uh, I hope that if she chooses the path of uh, being a reality nut, that she uh, at least keeps the head on her shoulders, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see. But right now, the plan is uh, stay off the reality TV. <laughs> that's that's the that's my rule here. I, uh, I'm going toddlers and tiaras with this one. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Let's do this. She's going to be the next honey boo boo. My little <laughs> mini Hoff. Oh, all right. Well, let's get into some of the, uh, survivor social media. And of course what we like to do, the great thing about, you know, covering survivor as opposed to big brother and the big covering the big brother is fun. It's so much in real time. Everything is old right away with survivor. You get one episode a week and we sort of get to savor it. And, uh, you know, let's get to talk a little bit about what everybody is saying about this episode on the social media. Um, do you know uh, Eliza, Matt? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, very, yeah, I like her. Well, she's always one of our favorite people to cover what she's talking about. And of course, uh, the, all of these tweets were put together by the uh, great Rob as a Podcast staff headed up by Colton Spivey this week. So Eliza, she always has something to say on the social media. So um, she seemed a little worked up last night. Uh, so she, this is uh, the fir- one of her tweets from last night. She tweeted, uh, not only are you not smart enough to solve the puzzle, but not even smart enough to know that you didn't solve the puzzle. So <laughs> she was hard on this tribe of women. Um, then she tweeted uh, at Kat Ederson, uh, although when considering mates, would this person make the merge is actually a pretty good barometer. So Eliza is on. I'm telling you, this is a thing. These reality people are on board with this. Uh, there, there is a, a class system. Maybe I, I'm surprised Eliza wouldn't have been even a contender for this season. She seems very uh she seems like she would have been a, a peg for this. She's always a good uh, person to bring on the show because she gets very, very worked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, she also uh, tweeted, do we call Child Protective Services after this vote? Throwing the child out onto the street. Shame. So she uh, is she calling Kat a child? Yeah. I, I'm I, Now, after this last tweet you read, I'm starting to think, is she not a Kat fan? Is she not digging Kat? I, is, are these some digs? I would suspect perhaps not. Ah, I think huh, so. Poor Kat. Okay. 
Um, so uh, here's an interesting one. So uh, Tyson's girlfriend, uh, Rachel, apparently has gotten into a Twitter feud with uh, Jonathan Penner. So, uh, <laughs> Rob, there's nothing, and I mean nothing, I love more than a good Twitter feud. I, not being part of it, I love reading Twitter yes. feuds. So please yes. tell. Dish well, that's why all we lo- we love uh, this part of the show. So, so uh, Survivor Penner at Survivor Penner uh, tweeted that uh, Otis's hair is too nice. Uh, Tyson is bizarre. So. Uh, so here's those here's are Penner. two facts I would agree with. Yes. So then uh, Tyson's uh, lovely girlfriend Rachel she tweeted at Survivor Penner. Uh, she tweeted, uh, "Well, Jim, uh, Tyson's girlfriend slash wife is hotter than your girlfriend or wife." So there. <laughs> so <laughs> this is uh, really great on an, on a number of levels here. Uh, so uh, first off, uh, she calls Penner Jim, uh, <laughs> which is. <laughs> which is pretty good it's not his name though yeah that's right <laughs> so i don't know if jim is a slam i should look on urban dictionary uh or she's a big timing penner but uh, she calls him jim and says uh his girlfriend or wife is hotter than your girlfriend or wife and so uh she penner wrote back to them and then included his wife uh the lovely uh stacy title and said uh rachel mind clarifying this tweet should my wife and I be insulted or just bewildered? Thanks. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to favorite that uh, <laughs> after the fact. <laughs> Only one favorite for that tweet. I, I can't believe it. You know what's the worst thing as a guy to me? The wor- uh, it's so irritating is when girls start riling shit up and then it involves you oh, and yeah, it's yeah. like then you get stuck in this place where you have to kind of like get involved and stuff you never even want to be a part of because girls get fucking crazy a lot like really crazy and uh and like this would th- if i was tyson <laughs> this shit going on would infuriate me i'd be like rachel just shut the fuck up and just forget I, about see, it because, i don't think tyson uh, would care but i would be i would be annoyed if my wife was getting oh into God, a twitter feud horrible. with another uh survivor but then again my wife is not a survivor like uh like tyson's girlfriend is <laughs> it's um but yeah she's I, not, that makes her sound like she's terminally ill or something <laughs> <laughs> oh matt that, that's that's uh in poor taste coming from you oh i'm sorry, I'm sorry. you shouldn't be joking about anybody's should, uh no. significant others being sick i'm sorry yeah so <laughs> that being said uh i have taken my wife to i'm a lot of people know i'm a big mets fan and i have taken my wife to a few dodger games out here and dodger stadium is a little bit of a uh unfriendly confines uh for the visiting teams and you know i've I've been at at the dodger games and people just screaming like uh hey david wright you suck met suck and you know then nicole is yelling hey you suck you suck i'm like please nicole please please stop stop let's uh, just you you don't even care that much about the baseball game it's not like my wife is like lives and dies with the mets it's just a yeah, because yeah. no one she's yelling at is going to go to her. Even if you're silent, they're going to you. You know, right. and you have to then at some point calm everything down, even though you had nothing to do with it. Yeah, no, very relatable. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, Unfortunately, crazy. we didn't see anything like that happen on uh, Survivor Blood versus Water. Like we didn't get like uh, we we could have had that potentially like with Candace is fighting with Brad Culpepper and, yeah. and John, Dr. John being like, uh, Candace, really, please, I'll just. But you know, go. I'm glad you brought that up because I, when Stacy and I were watching that, I I brought this same thing up. I'm like, God, I feel so bad for that guy. This is so awkward, you know, because you know he probably is like, oh Jesus, just shut up, you know. Yeah, um, Rupert uh, had some tweets last night. He says, uh, "I can tell, 
I can tell Laura was so mad at this shuffle. <laughs> she was in a good alliance. What alliance was Laura in? Is Laura Kathy reincarnated in survivor form? <laughs> Kathy from Big Brother. From Big Brother. Yeah. I don't know. She's a, she's certainly a uh, you know a, a floater. Oh my god! Yeah, um, and then Rupert also tweeted. Uh, so now Jervis can swim. He couldn't swim two weeks ago. Uh, so Jer- Rupert is bewildered. Also, do you think that uh, handicapped people who have that text to speech capability and they're like blind people when they're reading Rupert's timeline, it, it does that accent? Puts it in Rupert voice. You can get Rupert yeah. like Siri. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably. Uh, and Rupert says, uh, that is one sad little pitiful shelter. I would be embarrassed by that. Uh, and uh, of course, we all know Rupert is the greatest shelter builder of all time. Um, so uh, this just in uh, <laughs> from Monica Culpepper. Uh, she tweets, uh, Culpepper is doing the Survivor after show in his Halloween costume. He's dressed, dressed like Jeff Probst. Uh, so there you can check that out if you follow Monica Culpepper on Twitter. It looks looks almost like him. Breaking news. What what is that uh what is that Twitter handle? At Monica Culpepper. All right. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna... Take take a look at that now. Um <laughs> now uh it, it, as soon as I figure out how to spell Culpepper, I'm gonna look that C-U-L up. C U L Pepper. C U L. Uh okay. Yeah. There you go. And Jeff Probst is like, damn, looks good. Go. Culpepper. <laughs> Culpepper ripping my off my look. Pulling it off. Where's uh, this picture? I haven't even seen at it. Monica Culpepper. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know. I'm looking at her account. I don't see this this picture. Okay. Well, we'll, 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 we'll take this offline. I'll email it to you. <laughs> yes. um, so, uh, let's see. Uh, who else? Uh, what's going on with Hoffaween? No no Hoffaween this year? Yeah, it's uh, it's quite quite a, a touchy point for me. I, it is a bit sad. This is Halloween is my Christmas, you know, and uh, and uh, I always have Halloween major blowout. And uh, not that I regret, of course, I'm thrilled with the birth of my child, but it does it did come at a at a at an unsightly time to, for Halloween planning. So we are taking a one year hiatus. I plan on coming back full throttle next year. Um, but yeah, the timing uh, too too close to Halloween with the newborn baby. It's a bit a bit much. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, here's a, let's see. Uh, so Vetus, uh, at Vetus Yoga, he tweeted, uh, premature ejac, I mean celebration. So uh, <laughs> he was part of that. Uh, yeah. Uh, also, uh, Vetus tweeted, uh, sucks to pe- su- I'm sorry, sucks to see people conspiring against my brother. He's too good looking for this game. <laughs> Venus seems like a good dude you know, on the show and stuff. I, I kind of I'm rooting for actually both of those guys. I don't know if they do well or not, but I wouldn't mind seeing them. How far did Aris make it in his first season? He won Survivor Exile Island. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, so he probably doesn't have a shot. I mean, I know Sandra won twice, but I don't think that probably probably typically is going to happen again. Two time winners. I think we're done with that. Yeah. There you go. Um. So then uh, we also have uh, Jervis at Say Jerv, who I'm who I'm playing in uh, Rob has a fantasy football league this weekend. Uh, he says uh, Jervis knows how to swim. It's called strategy, people. I'm not threatening if if they think I can't swim. So Jervis is uh, he's he's pushing this story. If you beat Jervis this week in fantasy football, do you suppose that he will claim that he threw this week's roster? Yes, Jervis no Jervis knows how to play fantasy football. It's called he strategy knows. people. I like Jervis going to the third person on Twitter. That's that takes a that's a move. 
It's powerful. It's powerful. I, I don't think I've ever done that. No, no. Now, when <laughs> you have. when you refer to yourself in the third person on Twitter, are you supposed to use your own uh, at reply name? Okay, the funny you mentioned is literally yesterday. If you go to my timeline, I tweeted myself uh, to see if I could retweet myself and send Twitter into some looped vortex. It did not work, but it was uh, it was a good self esteem boost because I said something, you know, Matt Hoffman, you're you're a great guy or something, you know, that effect. <laughs> and then retweet it. Yes. Uh, yeah. I did favorite it though. It let me favorite my own tweet. Yeah. Um, and then Marissa Jervis's niece said, uh, so no one wants to date someone that doesn't make it to the merge. Glad my man still loves me then. LOL. Well, other civilians would still date a reality person who didn't make a merge. It's (laughs) only amongst the other reality people. We would look down our nose at somebody who made the merge, who dated someone who was pre-merge. That's of course, of course, any pre-merge person is better than a civilian. It's that the post-merge, post-jury people uh, are, are, are too good for a pre-merge. That's the, that's the pecking order. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But a winner, then probably final three. Yeah. Then post-merge, pre-merge, and then just the schlubs who apply and don't get on. And then actually above everyone is people who just don't give a shit about reality. <laughs> They're the best. They're the coolest of everybody. They escape. It, it they get there. out of the the whole uh, you know caste system. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. uh, uh, <laughs> someone who has never seen an episode of Survivor or Big Brother. They are the better coolest. than everybody. Better involved. than all of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I'm trying to see if there's any anything else that's uh, interesting to uh, to talk about. Um, I think that's probably it for the uh, the social media. Matt, any, anything else that you want to talk about? No, man, this has been great to uh, get back on the RHAP. I love it. Yeah. Um, we don't have any great... We usually also talk about some Jeff Probst uh, inappropriate comments. Don't really have any uh, good out-of-context inappropriate comments from Jeff Probst this week. No, it's a bummer. Uh, even this season, not not as, not too many. And I really like that about Probst. I hope he steps up his game a bit in upcoming uh, episodes. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Matt Hoffman, thank you uh, so much. Follow Matt Hoffman on Twitter. He's at Head of Hoffhold. See what he did there? Yes, I made my name just as uh, easy to, uh, to follow as Enzo's. <laughs> just, and no no underscores. No underscores. But try and figure it out anyway. I still get over that, that me and Dominic uh, have the same names for our kids. See, what do you refer to your Dominic we, as? Stri- Dom- Dominic. We don't Dominic even so he's going Nico, Nico, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, let me float that past Nicole. <laughs> well, that's more. That would be like Nicole. Nicole. She might like that because it's a little bit more her. Yeah, you know? yeah. She doesn't even like when I say Dom and Mom, let alone uh-huh. uh, Nico and Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, uh, good, good stuff, Matt Hoffman. Uh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe I. Uh, we should talk one day about uh, marrying our houses together. I think that's yeah something arranged. Well, it doesn't matter what our children think at this point. Let's just we'll just make this happen. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If we <laughs> if we uh, if we marry our houses uh, off together, we could corner the reality TV podcasting world. This would uh, CBS would for sure pay for the wedding. I would imagine <laughs> right at that so, point. You would think so. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, good good stuff as always, uh, Matt Hoffman. All right, buddy. Uh, we will be in touch. All right. Talk to you again soon, buddy. Take Bye. care, dude.
All right, everybody, there you have it. That was Matt Hoffman. Always love getting to talk to the Hoff on Rob Has a Podcast, one of the always a fun show for me to do and one of the uh, highlights of getting to do the podcast. It's all highlights, but that's especially fun when I get to talk with uh, Matt Hoffman on the show. So, boy, uh, we are uh, closing in on like 2.30, which I think is even longer than last week's show. Sometimes we just start building momentum in a survivor season and these podcasts just keep getting longer. So if you made it to the end of this podcast today, um, how about uh, give me hashtag civilian and let me know uh, that you made it uh, two bucks and 30 into uh, this podcast. So we've got a lot coming up here on the weekend. We don't take, we don't stop, uh, much like Miley Cyrus and, and Kat. Uh, we can't stop. We are going to talk about The Walking Dead, uh, season four, episode three, this upcoming Sunday with Josh Wiggler. We're doing our Walking Dead recaps, having a lot of fun talking about that show Sunday nights. And we're going to do that at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to join us there, watch a little Talking Dead, then come and join us for our interactive uh, conversation about uh, all of the craziness happening on that show. Then on Monday night, it's time to get back together with Jessica Lease and talk about the latest episode of Amazing Race. Fun Amazing Race season, too, going on right now. So we're going to talk about The Amazing Race with uh, the winner of Amazing Race 7, I believe, which was the season that Rob and Amber were on the first time. Uh, Yuchenna will be joining us. Uh, and so we'll talk with him about uh, what he's thinking about this Amazing Race 23 so far. And uh, then, of course, we're going to do it all over again next week. Survivor Know-It-Alls on Wednesday night. And then we'll talk to the next person kicked off Survivor. And we will then do this podcast again on Thursday, next Thursday, which is going to be Halloween. And uh, we will have a guest uh, who was mentioned earlier in this podcast. We love is in the air, everybody. And so we thought it would only be proper if once again, Eric Reichenbach stole Aaron Loftel's thunder and should not only uh, got engaged in the same week, he'll come on the podcast next week and we'll talk with Eric Reichenbach. Uh, and I know he particularly wants to talk about um, blind sides on Survivor and how he says that they are a misnomer. So we'll talk with him about that next Thursday on a special Halloween episode of Rob Has a Podcast on Thursday, October 31st. So uh, Halloween is around the corner. We appreciate everybody who's been using Amazon.com for all of their Halloween uh, stuff that they've been ordering and everything else that they need. You get the best deals on everything at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. We always appreciate it when you start your shopping there. And of course, uh, if you're getting a head start on anything with the holidays, uh, that is the place to do it. And also uh, for you football fans, if you haven't checked it out yet, um, I do every Tuesday, I go and record my NFL podcast with Terrell Owens. And we do that every every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific on a website called Laughster.com. You can only watch it live and then you have to listen to the archives of the audio if you want to listen to it after the fact. And it's on iTunes at Time Out with Terrell Owens if you go ahead and uh, look that up on iTunes. Or you can go to getchapodcastready.com. Now, I had a hard time with uh, knowing how this was spelled. It's G-E-T-C-H-A, as in cha-cha, getchapodcastready.com if you want to check out my uh, conversation with uh, T.O. every week. And this week, we're going to have the Sklar Brothers with us in the studio to talk about uh, what is happening in week eight 
of the NFL. So that's going to be a lot of fun for you football fans. All right, that's going to do it for me. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll be back to uh, talk to you guys about it all again uh, next week. And please, we love hearing your comments on robhasawebsite.com. So go ahead, leave us comments and uh, join the conversation and check out the other blogs which are going up daily for with all of our Survivor bloggers at robhasawebsite.com. So have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye.